two wizards. Two wizards? Two wizards. Two wizards. But that's where I am. Yeah, I've listened to all of Digbar Gay Raps about four times now the last week and a half. Because I can't get it out of my head. I'm starting to speak in his, like, weird rap cadence. And, um, yeah, that's where I'm at. How are you doing, buddy? Uh, yeah, I'm also doing okay. So, um, as, Leah, a week from today, as we're recording this, a week from today, I will be leaving on a jet plane going overseas to do, yeah, this whole study abroad thing that I first had sort of lined up two years ago for summer 2020. We all know what happened there. And then like maybe kind of sort of was on on schedule for 2021. That also didn't happen. And so now, yeah, the, now that this thing is like here and it's real and I don't have like, oh man, I don't want to teach. I just want to go on the study abroad. Or, oh man, I don't want to write this conference paper. I just want to go on study abroad. Now that like it's actually here, I'm like, oh shit, I got a lot to do before I go on study abroad. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's kind of, that's sort of my I don't know if it's any better or worse than uh having the entire uh Digbar Gay Raps like <laughs> album on repeat maybe that's what I need to do as I'm like printing out these documents and starting to pack maybe that's what I need to load up on my phone he's got a three-part <laughs> he's got a three-part like epic it's, it's it's an epic Josh there's oh, no shit. other way to say it talking Hell about yeah. him getting set up to shoot gay porn realizing it's a setup Shooting the gay porn setup wise, and then going and killing the dude that screwed him over, and get by getting all the dudes that shot the gay porn with him to kill the dude that set him. It's insane. It's fucking insane. I don't even know. I don't know. I don't know if I'm well anymore. I guess is my point. <laughs> well, yeah. So I th- so I think then it sounds like precisely what's what's like on order for the both of us uh, is just doing this thing that that we've been doing for for honestly quite some time now uh, quite some just, time just getting getting in our wizard's tower uh reclining in our wizard's chairs pouring something cold and refreshing into our wizard's goblets or tankards or chalices or whatever we're calling them and recording what is going to be i'm sure a very special episode of the two wizards podcast and hello everybody welcome my name is josh and i am a wizard and my name is Mark, and for the 100th time, I am a wizard. Josh, 100? this is our 100th episode. Holy that shit, so listeners. Holy this shit. is our 100th episode. Maybe, 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 if you don't count all the like Halloween challenges and all the cute Christmas yeah. things we do, maybe canonically right. it's like our 98th or 92nd, but who cares? We're still pushing 100. Podbean says we've got 100 on our feed, and our RSS is going to cut off now. So, like... Hell yeah, dog. We did it. We did it. Happy 100, good buddy. Happy 100 to you, Mark. And and yes, just just like I was it I didn't know that you were going this route. I didn't even know that I was going to go this route. But that whole idea of like, yeah, a little fun side project that uh like you're really kind of aiming you're you're gunning for something else, but here's this little thing on the side and holy shit, that's starting to take off. That has been the story of me. Yeah, the last year and a half, 2 years. Like, oh, yeah. COVID world sucks. Here's my buddy, Mark. We kind of like played around with some podcasting a while ago. Let's spin that up again. And here we are 100, at least, at least 100 episodes later. Because 
our like wizard counting system, there's like the wizard Dewey Decimal system. <laughs> and going by that calculation, yeah, this is episode 100. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, mean, I mean, yeah, like I know there's some lost episodes. I'm trying to run down some of the audio for those and maybe get them patched together. Yeah, also, listeners, heads up. Mm-hmm. This marks the last week of what you might call good quote unquote episodes because Josh is going to study abroad. And I am so burnt out and going into summertime as a produce wizard again. And y'all have been to this party with me before that June. We're kind of going to phone it in just a bit, but they're still going to be good because some two wizards is better than no two wizards. What's that saying, Josh? Two wizards in the tower is worth one wizard with no bush, I think. (laughs) I was going to say something. Yeah, it was was, was probably something to that effect. I was going to go with like, yeah, two wizards in the tower is worth one um, captured in the orb, but but I I don't know. I don't oh, know. Uh, there you go. Two wizards in the tower is worth one Gershon in his orb. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, perfect. I can't, can't do it better. Well, and so we do have um, a bit, yeah, a bit of a special topic. It's it's not going to be like a retrospective because if we tried to do that for ninety nine episodes, th- th- this would. <laughs> This would turn into an epic, um, and <laughs> some, some episodes listeners long and <laughs> yeah, and one of our listeners would like have to track us down and like murder us with all the other people. It's like I can't believe you had nineteen hours just sucking yourselves off on ninety nine episodes, and we're like, baby, you knew what this fucking was. <laughs> <laughs> so we're not doing that. For a special episode, but we do have something else, uh, wonderful, amazing, uh, and thematically related to what is in our uh, wizard's chalices. So, uh, yeah, Mark, what what are we drinking? Do we, we we could either like say the theme, or we could just kind of go one by one and piece it together later. So I think it's easier if we give tonight's topic, and I'm gonna. Okay. I'll, I'll just do this. Yeah. So guys, tonight yeah. for our very special 100th episode, Josh and I have been recording a ton of stuff, and most of it has been kind of hyper-violent movies like 300 and Rise yep. of an Empire and Mortal Kombat mm-hmm. OG and Mortal Kombat 2021. And um, when we were watching 300, Josh, I even said, I think I just got an idea for what our next episode is going to be. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought, what better way to kick off summer than with this epic, this this epic podcast? Because, Josh, this might be my sourciest source of all source pro- podcasts we've ever done. Oh, boy. And I know uh-huh. I say that a lot, but I think this time I might actually mean it. Um, but okay. so tonight, Josh, we are going to talk about really, really shitty ways to die in the ancient world. But, but, because I can't just, you know, be a cool wizard and take something at face. I broke that up into the four horsemen of the apocalypse. So we're going to talk about really, really shitty ways to die by way of pestilence, by way of warfare, by way of famine, and then just by actually getting killed. Yeah. So to that end, I told you we are going to have our four horse beers of the apocalypse so tonight we're going to start off with pestilence, which would be the like the pale horse. So Josh, what is your pale horse tonight in your goblet? So my pale horse, starting us off here, um, this is coming courtesy of Rock Mill Brewery uh, in Lancaster, Ohio. Just it's like a forty-minute drive away. It's a lovely little farm in rolling green hills, and they have a brewery and a pizza kitchen. Um, and fittingly enough, their mascot is a horse. Uh, and <laughs> And this is in a, yeah, like a, a a white pale label. But this is their Pilsner. This is their Belgian-inspired lager Pilsner. Uh, let's see here. Any 
cute thing on the side of the label to read. Nope, doesn't look like it. 4.7%. Okay. So, uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm literally starting off with a pale horse. Sounds good, buddy. How about you, buddy? What is, what, what is this first horse you're riding in on? So this might be the palest that I have, and in a horrible twist of fate, they're all IPAs because I can't escape. Oh, no. IP- they're, I, it's all we got at work. It's all we could do. But but I have one special. Uh, the very first okay. one is out of Santa Fe Brewing. Um, it's their IPA. Oh, yeah. It's their seven K IPA. There's a woman at work, and I always help her with the um, computer and like training and stuff because she's a little bit older and she just is bad mm-hmm. at it. So every mm-hmm. time she goes to New Mexico, she grabs me like three six packs of that. So tonight, the first. In my wizard's goblet is a Santa Fe Brewing Co. 7K IPA, courtesy of a Miss Gloria. Miss Gloria, thank you. Uh, much love. And yeah, Santa Fe Brewing does great, great stuff. Yes, they uh, do. But here we are, buddy. Here's Cheers, Anya. good buddy. Mm. That's fantastic. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's again, just a solid one to start. Solid way to start here. One of my favorite, yeah, some of my favorite memories uh, were... The the two or three times that uh, the NCAA Division II Indoor National Championship for track and field um, were held in Albuquerque. Uh, so yeah, like go like hang out with a bunch of my buddies, but a bunch of my track buddies, watch some really high level um, a- athletics, and then just go get shit housed. And uh, yeah, Santa Fe Brewing Company, woo, good stuff. <laughs> yeah, they do. I think they do. They're good solid, work. man. I don't know. They're solid. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, okay. Well, now that we have our cozy, cozy seats here, cozy chairs, uh, delicious beverages, starting off with yeah, pestilence. All right. So here we go, Josh. Just to kick us off, this is going to be pestilence out of the King James version of the Bible, which is the only version of the Bible we all ought to be reading because it's the <laughs> most confusing but the most straightforward. Revelation six two. And I saw, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat on him had a bow, and a crown was given unto him, and he went forth conquering, and to conquer. Now, I know what you're thinking, that sounds a lot like war. Well, a lot of biblical scholars will say that the first horseman of the apocalypse represents pestilence, and for our purposes tonight, I'm going to go ahead and co-opt them, and we're going to start with pestilence, Josh. Yeah, well, and and even uh, call this some synchronicity or something like that, because the rider is wielding a bow... And uh, uh, the start of the Iliad, when there's a plague that is uh, uh, ravaging all of the Achaeans uh, there in Troy, it said that it's Apollo like shooting bow, shooting his bow at them and making them all sick. So huh. yeah, good enough. That makes sense. Yeah, oh, also, sense. I gotta rattle hmm. off all my sources because I am goddamn proud of these. So here we go. <laughs> yeah. Number yeah. one, as always, Wikipedia indispensable. Number two, the Bible. Several mm-hmm. biblical websites, drugs.com, the CDC.com, biological warfare at the siege of Kaffa, 1346 by Mark Wheeler. I wonder what that one's about. The Great Ooh. Mortality by John Kelly. Guns, Germs, and Steel by Jared Diamond. Ooh. Atrocities in yep. Greek Warfare by H.H. Law. History of the Ancient World by Susan Weiss Bauer. And then one more that we're going to get to when we get to death. But the name is so fucking epic, I'm going to save it for the end. Awesome. Hell awesome, yeah. Awesome. You ready to get pestilent, baby? Uh, I, I think, yeah, especially given uh, the goings-on of the world these last couple of years. If I'm, if I'm not already, if I'm not ready to get pestilent, it's because I already am. <laughs> I'm real pestilent. Pestilent. Don't you mean pessimistic? No, I mean pestilent. 
<laughs> so Josh, I know, you know, mm-hmm. that the ancient world yeah. was gross. Yes. Just yes. as like a general rule, the ancient world was gross, but I was kind of interested to find out that they have a lot of heavy hitters of illness that we have today. Yeah. So they had stuff like typhus, typhoid, malaria, tuberculosis, which apparently predated humans, which I learned this week and blew my damn mind. Oh, Um, shit. Smallpox and everybody's favorite, the bubonic plague. Yeah. Yeah. Which we're going to lightly tap plague on the head. Don't worry, guys. So in no (laughs) particular order, these are some really shitty cases. I'm going to start with smallpox. Mm. So smallpox first appeared in humans at about 10,000 BCE. Egyptian mummies from 3,000 years ago have smallpox uh, scars on them. So that's how we know for sure, for sure, that it was at least in Egypt at least 3,000 years ago. Um, According to drugs.com, it works like this. It runs a cycle of 12 to 14 days. At the start, a person could liken it to light flu symptoms. Over the next few days, a fever develops. Eight days into it, so this is eight days total, is called the first rash phase. When you break out with little rashes in the corner of your mouth, those rashes then spread inside your mouth, down your throat, and then across the rest of your body. Uh, yeah. yeah. Also, guys, it's going to be a gross episode. Heads up. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's just, yeah. Just, just be forewarned. So the second rash stage occurs when these rashes fill with pus and start to rupture. Yeah. Within 24 yeah. hours of... So by this time, within 24 hours, the body is completely covered and all of these are filled with pussy little rashes. Um, and eventually, these rash, these pussy little rashes get hard, they scab over, and they fall off, and that's what leaves the smallpox marks. Yay, mm-hmm. smallpox! <laughs> so I will go ahead and tag you in, Josh, because I know you've got oh, yeah. something something for this. Uh, yes, well, I, I mean... Uh... One of the so so yes you you mentioned the bubonic plague being being one of the big ones uh, the the Black Death there in the fifteenth century thereabouts uh, but I want to go back not 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 quite as far as ten thousand BC but I want to go back to about oh I don't know the four hundreds uh, BC and talk about you guessed it the Greeks <laughs> and uh, one of yeah one of the most famous plagues. Um, for throughout much of history, and this was the plague of Athens. Uh, so this happened around the years of 430 BC, uh, and then it also kind of came in waves. So so the first one was 430, next one was 429, and then uh, there's one last one around the yeah, like four, yeah like 426, 427, something like that. I guess you could call it the original like Alpha, Beta, and Delta variants. Um, uh, and so also during this time, uh, and also, uh, on point because having watched 300 and all that, um, sure that was the Greco-Persian Wars and then following that was the Peloponnesian War between Athens and all of its allies and Sparta and all of its allies. So this war is like just started off in like 431, 430 and, uh, the Spartans would come up into Attica where Athens was and go like raid and pillage and burn down crops and stuff and so uh what do you do during that if you're just some humble farmer well you pack up your shit and your family and you go move to the city where they have the big walls uh and that's what everybody did and when you get a bunch of people together in yeah not exactly hygienic conditions like you're talking about mark uh uh yeah plague some some sort of plague uh, disease breaks out and so this this thing um killed uh, and, and it's hard to 
come up with definite numbers, but somewhere on the order of like 75 to 100,000 people, may, which would maybe be like a quarter of the population. So like 25%. Damn. Yeah, crazy. Um, and uh, there's, uh, and, and this also blew my mind. Uh, for the longest time, like sure, there were ancient sources that wrote about this and I'll get into one of them. Um, but for the longest time is like, oh, well, this I mean, yeah, we're sure we have these like written accounts, but we don't have any like hard evidence about it until 1994 when a like huge mass grave um, was discovered there in Athens and like doing some DNA testing and all that. They realized like, oh, shit. Yeah, this is this is it. This is the, 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 the this is like a mass grave where all these people who died in the uh, plague of Athens were buried or most of the people were. Oh, damn. And so uh, to give a brief account of this, I am turning to not Herodotus because he did not write about this. But the other <laughs> quote unquote father of history, Thucydides. Uh, so Thucydides and his histories. Yeah, he chronicles the Peloponnesian War and all that. And I'm looking somewhere around. Book 2, line 47, something like that. In the first days of summer, and this is 430, summer of 430, Sparta and their allies, with two-thirds of their forces as before, invaded Attica. Not many days after their arrival in Attica, the plague first began to show itself among the Athenians. It was said that it had broken out in many places previously in the neighborhood of Lemnos, which is like another island, uh, and elsewhere, but a pestilence of such extent and mortality was nowhere remembered. Uh, neither were the physicians at first of any servants, uh, uh, it, oh geez let me try that again neither were the physicians god damn it <laughs> neither were the physicians god damn physicians why can't I fucking say that it's a pale horse um, okay well, alright here we go neither were the physicians at first of any service ignorant as they were of the proper way to treat it but they died themselves the most thickly as they visited the sick most often nor did any human art succeed any better uh, supplicants in the temples, divinations, and so forth were found equally futile until the overwhelming nature of the disaster was at last put to a stop to them altogether. So, like, nobody knows what to do. Nobody knows how to treat this thing. And so Thucydides says that uh, pretty sure this it, it is said to have started in uh, Ethiopia, so, like, this kind of region south of Egypt, okay. spread into Egypt, then from Egypt into Libya, and then across the Mediterranean into Athens there uh, at the port city of the Piraeus. So suddenly falling upon Athens at first attacked the population in the Piraeus, which was the occasion of their saying that the Peloponnesians had poisoned the reservoirs, and there being as yet no wells there, and afterwards appearing in the upper city, uh, when the deaths became much more frequent. So they thought it was just like, ah, these damned Spartans there, they, they poisoned the water hole. Uh, but then, no, they realized, like, no, this is something serious. Um... Now, check this out, too. So Thucydides goes on, and he kind of describes this, and he really goes into detail about this thing. I shall simply set down its nature and explain the symptoms by which it may be recognized by the student if it should ever break out again. This I can the better do, as I had the disease myself and watched oh, its shit. operation in the case of others. Yeah, so this goddamn guy had this plague. And oh, then shit. Like, testified to the symptoms and talked about, like, some of the other people. I mean, again, you want to talk about your, like, first-hand account reporting and all that. Uh, this, this is what he does. Uh, and so 
He describes a number of symptoms, and they include fever, uh, redness and inflammation in the eyes, uh, these sore throats and sores that, that lead to bleeding and bad breath, um, sometimes sneezing, loss of voice, coughing, vomiting, and even like dry heaving, uh, pustules and ulcers on the body, Ooh, excuse me, uh, extreme thirst, insomnia, and then even diarrhea. Okay. Uh, and so, so yeah, so this thing came back in several waves and just decimated um, Athens in a lot of ways. And in the early part of the, Pel- of, of the Peloponnesian War, Athens was totally winning. And if not for this plague, they probably would have uh, wiped out Sparta and all the allies and like had a true like Athenian empire. Um, but this, this plague, there was an oracle at Delphi that said, uh, look, at some point there's going to be a war with the Dorians, the, the Spartans, that will also include a pestilence. Mm. And so is what happened. Uh, so, so yes, a whole bunch of people died up anywhere between like a quarter and a third of the population. Uh, Pericles himself, the great general and statesman, he contracted this plague and died in 429. Uh, and what is this thing? We don't, we, I mean, I don't know if we'll ever be able to know, but some guesses are, some guesses historically have been typhus, smallpox, measles, um, maybe it was the bubonic plague. Um, but I think our best sort of guess right now is that it, yeah, was like typhus or typhoid, typhoid fever. Okay. See that, yeah, uh, okay. See, that's why yeah. I tagged you under smallpox because I read a couple things and was like, oh, they think it's probably smallpox because it's interesting though. Okay, cool. Yeah, so, and this is the other thing that is also, again, sort of kind of morbid, um, but, but also very interesting. So within these mass graves, um, there is one individual in particular and the archaeologists named her Myrtis. And she is, as best as we can tell, an 11-year-old girl who died from this plague. And we're able to, like, kind of do some DNA testing. Even, like, have, a have like, a, a reconstruction of what she may have looked like. Really? Uh, yeah, yeah. And, and if you go on the Wikipedia page for the Plague of Athens, you can find a, find a photo of her. Or a photo of her reconstruction, and so yeah, like like using her <laughs> remains and, and some her. other. Well, yeah, maybe not that. Maybe. <laughs> I, no, I just yeah, that. they took a picture. Yeah, they, they, they took a picture. If only the bastards wrote down like some more details on the back of it. What um, do you think panoramic <laughs> means? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so and so yes, and so with some of these remains, there was a 2005 DNA study of uh, dental pulp. From, from from some of these burial pits. And they found um, DNA similar to that of a bacterium Salmonella enterica, which is the organism that causes typhoid fever. So, oh. so oh. we're not exactly sure. And even Thucydides writes like, it, it could be several things. It could be like diseases. It could be like several plagues that kind of break out instead of... Uh, just like just like one that has all of these symptoms, there could have been a bunch of junk going on. Uh, but yes, that is the that is the infamous plague of Athens that, of course, like altered the trajectory of history. Because uh, who knows? Maybe if not for that, we could still be living under like a like Athenian hegemony and needing to like pay our tithes to the Parthenon there <laughs> in Athens. Who knows? Who knows? But the Spartans didn't get it at all. 
the Spartans did not get it. It didn't go down to the Peloponnese. It just huh. stayed right there in Athens. And so everybody remembering that oracle was like, oh, shit, what have we done? Um, so, yeah, it just, and it was just kind of localized. Yeah, there to Athens and Attica. Very cool. Yeah, yeah. Right on. It's interesting. Super interesting. So, well, so you, yeah, buddy. there it is. You're very welcome. Right on. I've got another plague for you, Josh. Mm-hmm. This was one you might have heard of called Antonian's Plague. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It ravaged Rome from six or from 165 to 180 CE. Um, it basically changed the face of Rome after legions returning from Seleucia, read that as Iraq, brought it back <laughs> with them. It killed a third of the empire's population, which was about 5 million people. Holy shit. Yeah. It was one mm. of the leading causes to the fall of the Roman Empire. And we're like, sort of like the plague of um, Athens, or maybe not sort of, because now I feel weird. But like, everything I said, read said that they're pretty sure that this was smallpox. But oh, gotcha. it also might have been like early onset bubonic, mm. but it just doesn't seem like it was that because not enough people died. We're going to talk about bubonic plague here in a little bit, though. Yeah. 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 In 400. CE there was a there was an outbreak of what we're pretty sure was smallpox in India and I have a quote here the pustules are red yellow and white they are accompanied by burning pain and the seems to and the skin seems to be studded with grains of rice now this plague was so traumatic that the indian people had to create a goddess to like process it so many oh, people man. die it's so horrific what do you do well it's the punishment of a god well what god well we're going to make one up and in this case, her name is Sitala. Mm. She was a plague goddess that the Indian people created to try and like process how badly their shit got rocked. I mean, yeah, that makes that makes sense. It's like you don't know what's going on, but yet, yeah, you're getting your shit kicked in by this thing. Uh, yeah, yeah. Ooh. Um, and then 735 CE, smallpox jumped from mainland China, where it had already been for quite a while, but. It just didn't take, it doesn't seem like it really took hold in China, but then China is so like, I guess you could call them prolific. And like, we talked about like the, oh, remember we talked about like the Yangtze flooded that one year and killed 40 million people and it just didn't right. matter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like China plays with different numbers or plays with a different deck of cards right. than the rest of the world does. It jumped to Japan at 734 and by 735, between 25 and 35% of Japan had died. Like, oh, all of Japan had died. Yeah. And then giving a tap on the head to smallpox when the Spanish brought it over to America, to, or to the Americas, and we all know what that shit did. But that was in the yeah. 1500s, and that's too far from the ancient world for our purposes tonight. <laughs> well, so let's I, talk no, about... It, to, it's uh, like right at the... Yeah, it's like at the like upper limit of what you might consider the ancient world. So, nah, we're good. Yeah. I mean, like, it's, like, right there, like, post-War of the Roses. So you kind of think of, mm-hmm. like, when did we stop being knights and start being people? Do you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. 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 But enough about smallpox. Let's talk about <laughs> tuberculosis, Josh. Ooh, well, yeah. <laughs> now, this one's real crazy. Uh, scientists are pretty sure that, well, they are sure by this point, that the uh, that tuberculosis originated 150 million years ago. Just, like, fucking Man. dinosaurs could have had TB, Josh. We just don't right. know. Like, well, and I don't want to, like, we're, we're only, what, like, 30 minutes in? And I don't already want to, like, get on my soapbox here. But, like, 
yeah, sure, we've done, like, great work at, like, essentially eliminating smallpox and essentially eliminating polio and, like, come really, really close to eradicating some of these horrible diseases. But how are you going to fight something that's been around for 150 million years? Like, you know, like, ah, God. Oh, you're not. You're, you're not. Yeah, you're not. You just got to, you just got to, like, okay, I'm going to wash my hands. I'm going to try to eat better, get some exercise, drink water. And then just hope, hope and pray, because that's that's kind of what it boils down to. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, yeah. Okay, and it's, sorry, and that's sorry. it. Just like hope and pray and invent a new god to deal with it. <laughs> and then I pray call mine Doc Holiday. He's the god of gamblers and tuberculosis. <laughs> I pay tribute to him by gambling and drinking a lot and calling people my Huckleberry. Um, yeah. <laughs> so once again, we have mummies in Egypt from about. 2400 BCE that help us pinpoint when it occurred. We know for sure that it was in China 3,300 years ago and in India at that time. It's also described in the, so in the, in the Torah, in the books, Deuteronomy and Leviticus. And then that melded into the Bible when that got written later on. But like, Mm -hmm. it's important to note that this was in like the first like Jewish books. Right. Right. But then, and this is really going to cook your noodle. Uh, Peruvian mummies have, we have found Peruvian mummies that have tuberculosis that had it before colonial invasion started. Yeah, man. Just, ah, God. So it was just in South America, just chilling, doing nothing. Like, and it's like, I'm going to kill these Peruvians. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and, and, uh, and I promise I won't just do this every single time, but. It's okay. Yeah. We're going to get long tonight, guys. Buckle up. This is going to be the longest fucking. Hundred fucking episodes. You know what you're in for by now. You're not locked in here with us. I'm in your damn ear and Josh is in the other ear locking into your brain. Josh and I are the bacillus eating your macrophages. (laughs) (laughs) But it is. It's like, I distinctly remember two years ago, two two plus years ago, like, oh, well, if we shut down the airports and uh, stop all that stuff, it's like, no, this thing is out there. And even then, right, like people weren't having international travel during this time and TB still found its way to like the quote unquote new world. Like, yeah, yeah just, ah, again, just yeah. wash your hands, drink water and pray to, <laughs> pray to doc holiday. <laughs> <laughs> pray to wear a coach, the trickster God. You're going to be okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so tuberculosis works like this, Josh. I went down a lot of gross rabbit holes, by the way. And because I yeah. had to go down them, you get to go down them with me. Um, the, so tuberculosis number one is weird. You can either get it and you can have it and you can be fine, or you can get it and have it and it will murder your ass. It just depends on how good your body is at fighting off infection. But again, talking about gamblers, if your body knows when to hold them and or knowing when to fold them, right? (laughs) Mm -hmm. So you inhale the tuberculosis bacilli and then it attaches into the alveoli in your lungs. Basic respiration. Um, now Inside of the alveoli in your lungs, these things called macrophages, you and I would call them white blood cells, they go, hey, what's this guy doing in here? And then they eat it, right? Mm -hmm. Unless there's too much tuberculosis for the macrophages to handle, in which case the tuberculosis takes over the macrophages and then basically poisons them. And then it goes to reproducing inside of the macrophages, turning your body's immune system against itself. 
It then begins oh, uh, it then begins reproducing exponentially. For every one white blood cell it kills, it spits out two new tuberculosis cells. This is like yeah, it's it's like having a hydra inside of your like, literally immune system. Literally, yes. <laughs> and the only way to cure it is by throwing a crab at it or burning its heads off. Yeah. <laughs> now, two weeks later, the body can suppress the virus. And you might be fine, and it'll just seem like you're having a little bit of a respiratory infection. My mom mm. has had tuberculosis at least twice because my mother is a goddamn episode of House. But both times, she's just said, yeah, I, had the f- I just had a cough for about three weeks. <laughs> or, if you don't pass it, it will spread into your lymph nodes. And then you die coughing up blood because your body has gone into attacking itself trying to clear out the huge amount of virus that lives inside of it. Yeah. That's where you get Doc Holiday. You die coughing yourself to death, your cell walls collapse, and you turn into liquid shit. It's gross. Tuberculosis is a bad way to go. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, but, Josh, the super good news is that, again, this has been around since 150 million years ago. Everybody has had this. When I say everybody, I mean, like, every culture has had it. And Mm -hmm. it really didn't get a foothold until about the late 18th century. So... That's good to note. And hey, late 18th yeah. century, and we're still all around. <laughs> so kids, wash your hands every yeah. time. We just um, need like, we just need an audio clip of Mr. T. Just like, wash your hands, eat your vegetables, drink water, go to bed early, get plenty of healthy exercise. Like we just need to like play that on loop. I also want to point out here before we get mm-hmm. into the big daddy of them all. That 60% of human disease comes from domestic and wild animals. So it doesn't matter what we do as a species, we're probably fucked. Yeah. Like, right. it's just, it's part of it. Like, cholera, according to gun germs and steel, um, cholera evolved from smallpox. That was mm-hmm. just like, or not smallpox, cowpox, sorry, cowpox. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Most plagues, like bubonic and or pneumonic, those came out of rodents. Like... Everything we do, it has grown up with us. And like, yeah, sure, we can, you know, go to Mars and shit, but it goes to Mars with us and it's just going to be there. That's just part of it. My point is stay humble, guys. Just stay humble. Finally, let's talk about the big humbler, the bubonic plague. And I don't want to talk a lot about this because there's a thousand other podcasts that have, but I kind of want to give a little bit of love as a wizard. Yeah, you kind of have to, kind of have to. And I read two goddamn books on it, so I want to get this (laughs) shit out of... Go read The Great Mortality by uh, John Kelly. It's fantastic. It details okay. the Black Plague like in depth. It's fantastic. That's where I got a bulk of this stuff out of. Okay. This one is like the apex of human misery and suffering, right? Yeah. And to be fair, yeah, I'm kind of skirting on the lines of fair use with the ancient world and stuff, but I got a point to all this, buddy. So number one, the way the bubonic plague spreads is a thing called Yersinia pestis spreads from fleas carried by vermin. The fleas transfer the Y pestis, that's what we're going to call it from now on, Y pestis, to mm-hmm. a person via bite. Then it infects the macrophages, just like tuberculosis does. But, but it lays low until it can get into the bloodstream and absorbed into the body. This whole process doesn't take any time at all. Once it gets into the bloodstream and the body, it goes into your lymph nodes and those swell up. Think about where your lymph nodes are, Josh, under your, mm-hmm. under your chin, under your mm-hmm. armpits, in your taint. All the places you don't want a giant swollen mass of infection to occur, that's where a giant (laughs) swollen mass of infection occurs. Right. Oh, my God, yeah. These swell into a thing called buboes. 
Get it, Josh? The bubonic plague. The bubonic plague. <laughs> it also infects your lungs super bad. Then your body goes into septic shock because it hasn't realized that it is now basically made up of poison. Your blood is a toxic sludge and your lungs have turned to liquid shit. Uh, you die witnessing your organs fail and mass. You're puking blood. Your skin is decaying and falling off of you. Your mucous membranes, your eyes, nose, mouth, asshole, those are falling off because that's one of the first things to go. It's just a bad day. And also, you're still aware of it because one of the last things to go is the brain. And that's terrible. Now, enough about that. It was first recorded in 541 with the plague of Justinian. It devastated mm-hmm. Rome when Silk Road caravans from China and India passed through Constantinople. At the same time, there was this unseasonable cold snap that killed all the fucking crops in Constantinople, well, a bulk of the fucking crops in Constantinople, mm-hmm. and drove the everybody outside in the farms into the city. Now, Josh, just city. like you're saying with the plague of Athens, what happens you know? when you stack humans on humans and then you sneeze on them? It all goes to hell. It all goes to hell, yep. Yeah. Um, the only thing that helped was actually quarantining people. It killed 25% of the empire's population, which was between 30 and 50 million people at that time. In Iran, in 562 to 749 CE, outbreaks killed at least 30,000 people in Amida. And then this one really broke my damn head. 20,000 people in the city of Basra in three days. Just 20,000 yeah, oh 20, people, Josh, Ugh. in three days. The best analogy I had for this came from um, The Great Mortality. And he says, basically, the person to the left of you would be dead tomorrow if you didn't die tonight. Yeah, that's holy shit. Like, that's crazy. I cannot. This thing fucking Thanos snapped the ancient world and then it Thanos snapped it again. But then, Josh, right. but then, but then. We jump mm-hmm. to the, the upper limit of our ancient world here, to 1346. When those goddamn Mongolians <laughs> throw plague-infected bodies into the uh, uh, Genoese port city of Kafka. Yeah. This is sort of viewed as like the actual like spark in the tinderbox that lit up the Black Plagues throughout all of Egypt and killed one-third of Europe's population. Or... 75 to 200 million people. We just right. don't fucking know. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's not like we that we were had any sort of like real census data from this time. And 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 even to that point, like yes, it's this is still very much in like estimation territory. Again, sort of put this into stark contrast. Go go online anywhere and look up like a chart of world population over time. And the one and only little dot that you see actually trending downward is during the Black Death. Yeah, like it's... that's when that's when we were like had a net loss of humans on Earth, and that's crazy. That's crazy. It's insane. Like if we had more time, we would cover this thing in depth. But like I said, a lot of people have. Yeah, and I just wanted yeah. to give it a light tap on the head. Two Wizards will be right back after these messages. Hi, I'm Billy D. Williams. Fingui McWilnaf Cthulhu Rillier Wakagano Fatagin with Colt 45. And now, back to Two Wizards. Um, right, right. Anyway, Josh, how is your pestilence beer? 
Well, I'm honestly just just about uh, uh, finished with this, and I think I think I'm ready to move on to this next color, whatever whatever it may be. Uh, I but, want you um, to pull out your red beer, Josh, because oh, mm-hmm. it's time to move on to war. War. Oh, oh, that's right. I remember this. So yeah, like the Mrs. Wizard and I, we both went out shopping for beverages this time because I knew I had some like certain criteria I had to hit. And I pulled this one, and she said, "Are you sure, Josh? This is an IPA." I was like, "Oh, god damn it! I'll I'll do it." <laughs> uh, but yeah, this is from Mad Tree, which usually does ciders, but this is their Rounding Third Red India Pale Ale. Ooh, um, six point five percent ABV, Mad Tree Brewing Company. Right on, and I am invoking my colorblind card here. And I know better, sure. <laughs> True, right. But I'm going to say yeah. I can't tell that the can is more of an orange color, more of a, like a burnt orange color. And I'm going to say my red horse is a Tree Shaker Imperial Tangerine IPA oh, yeah. from Odell Brewing. Yeah, that's right. Bright yeah, tran- tangerine fruit mixes with massive amounts of juicy, citrusy hops to create a mammoth-sized IPA with intense hop notes of ripe orange and stone fruit. Ah, well, there, so, well, there you go. Perfect. Cheers, good buddy. Here we go. Wow, it's different from... Oh, Santa Fe. Wow, it's a lot different. Neat. <laughs> cool. All right. And now just for funsies, taken from mm-hmm. Revelation 6-4 out of the King James Version. And there went out another horse that was red, and power was given unto him that sat thereon to take peace from the earth, that they should kill one another. And there was given unto him a great sword. We're talking about warfare, Josh. Because Whoa. you know what? Warfare. What is it good for ruining people's lives? <laughs> Especially in certain cases. Yeah, yeah. Oh, boy. But this yes. was like a resounding point for me. Was What were some of the worst ways to die in the ancient world? If you're just a farmer literally doing nothing wrong, and the mm-hmm. Assyrian army decides that they're going to sack your land, or the Mongolian horde rolls up to your front door and decides that you're all going to fucking yeah. die. And I'll tell you There's where we are, Josh. Mm-hmm. It's not safe. That's where we're at. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you where you're not safe. <laughs> yeah, call it call it the the... Pilsner and red IPA that I'm just down right now, but I just I just have this mental image, this mental movie playing out where, yeah, just this poor goddamn dirt farmer just struggling and scraping by to somewhat like foster enough turnips so his family is only maybe like a third starved. And then what does he see coming up over the horizon? Just yeah, the the golden horde coming at him. He's like, well, I guess that was my existence on this mortal plane. Um, here's here's Rome coming to push the frontier a little bit further. Yeah, right, right. Oh God, yeah. Okay, but I don't want to get too like. No, no, not at all. Dour there, and depressing. no, we're gonna get real dour. This one's kind of get gonna okay, get good. depressing. There's a quote from Mash, and Father mm-hmm. Mulcahy says that war is hell, and Hawkeye says, "No, Father, you're wrong." Because only the wicked go to hell, but all people go to war. And goddammit, if I didn't... I already knew it, but man, I knew it. I know it now even more. And here are some really rough cases of it, Josh. Starting off with the Assyrians. 
Mm. When it comes to batshit insanity and horned up for military might, the Assyrians were really the first one to put their ankles in it. They were the mm. first to have a professionally trained and standing army, like even before the Spartans. Like, this is predating that shit. Yeah, right, right. Um, yeah, like a professionally trained army, not just like, hey, there's barbarians on the hill. What do we do? Well, you're going to take this stick and you're going to stab him in the eye. But I'm a farmer. Yeah. Now you're a sticker. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they had iron weapons, which is basically like, you know, they spent all their time into science and Civ Six, and they're yep. using tanks, and mm -hmm. it's great. They also had a batshit insane love for dickishness. If you could... I can't really comprehend this because I can't imagine wanting to lay my enemies so low as the Assyrians did. But this is a quote from Ashurbanipal's, they call it the Black Steely, after he took the city of Suru when it rebelled. I built a pillar at the city gates, and I flayed all the chief men who had revolted, and I covered that pillar with their skins. Some I walled up inside of the pillar, some I impaled upon the pillar on spikes. They were known for spreading wanton terror wherever they went, and we'll get into that a little bit later. One of the best cases was Ashurbanipal. He was insane, but if he was insane, um, his grandson, Sennacherib. Mm. Sennacherib was even more insane, and... Basically, his life is punctuated. It's weird. He was very, very good at conquering people, being a real dickhead and killing a bunch of people, but he's noted for one single defeat. And it's so famous that um, Lord Byron wrote a poem about it. Mm. The Angel of Death one. Um, oh, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. The Angel of Death spread his wings in the blast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but so... We get our most authentic version of Assyrian warfare from a quote from uh, Sennacherib. And I'm going to read now from Susan Weiss Bowers, The History of the Ancient World. And this comes from uh, his invasion of the, of the Elamite people. When the dust of their feet covering the wide heavens like a mighty storm, they drew up in battle ray before me on the bank of the Tigris. They blocked my passage and offered battle. I put on my coat of mail. My helmet, emblem of victory, I placed upon my head. My great battle chariot, which brings low the foe, I hurriedly mounted in my anger of heart. The bow of might which Assur had given me, I seized in my hand. The javelin, piercing to life, I grasped. I stopped their advance, succeeded in surrounding them. I decimated the enemy host with arrow and with spear. All of their bodies I bored through. I cut their throats. Of, or I cut their throats, cut off their precious lives as one cuts a string. Like the many waters of the storm, I made continents of their gullets and entrails ran down upon the wide earth. My prancing steed, harnessed for my riding, plunged into streams of blood as though it were a river. The wheels of my war chariot, which brings low the wicked and the evil, were bespattered with filth and blood. With the bodies of their warriors, I filled the plain like grass. Their testicles I cut off and tore out their privates like the seeds of cucumbers in June. Ooh. Sennacherib yeah. was horned up for fucking mayhem, sir. Yeah, like, he was. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Like, also, 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 I got to give it to the Assyrians. They fucking wrote all this shit down. They got off on making these steelies and, like, wall mounts of just, like, epic cruelty. That's where you get the cliche of, like, the, the pyramid of skulls in a village. That was all the Assyrians, because they were just like, ah, kill them all, it's funny. Oh my god. Um, <laughs> just... 
So oh, after God. this victory against the Elamites, he then turns on Babylon. He, and I'm really glossing over a ton of history here, but like this is Sennacherib yeah. again after he's broken down the gates of Babylon. I destroyed, I devastated, I burned with fire, the wall and the outer wall, temples and gods, temple towers of brick and earth, as many as there were, I raised and dumped them into the Aratu Canal. Through the midst of the city I dug canals and flooded its site with water, that in days to come the site of that city and its temples and gods might not be remembered. I completely blotted it out with floods of water and made it like a meadow. I removed the dust of Babylon for presents to be sent to the most distant peoples, and in the temple of the New Year's Feast, I stored some covered in a bin. Um, it's important to note here when he talks about the dust of Babylon. They sacked the temples, or they sacked the burial chambers, right? They, anywhere where people were buried, he yeah. ripped the bones out of the chambers and had it ground into dust. This dude literally was trying to remove all of Babylon from any world history. Holy, yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> and I guess there's a happy ending here, but I can't really tell. Uh, Sennacherib hmm. died in 681 BCE. One of his two sons killed him while he sacrificed at the temple of Nabon. Mm -hmm. They killed him there. But really, I can't downplay how horribly, insanely dickish the Assyrians were when it comes to warfare. People were flayed. People were mutilated. People were castrated, as we heard earlier. Yeah, uh, yeah. Piles of skulls. And if that didn't happen, then you got sold into slavery to a fate. Nah, maybe worse than death. I don't know. I think I'd rather have my skull be like in the middle of the city than be sold off as a slave. But yeah. Yeah. No, I think, I mean, I, that, that sound, I mean, I'll know I'll never look at a cucumber uh, in June quite the same way again. But uh, <laughs> oof. oh, man. <laughs> all right let's move on to the greeks um yeah. and feel free to chime in here anytime you want this is by okay. this is by no means like comprehensive but just a few little cases mm -hmm. um so and may and maybe back me up here just a touch pretty much sure. any time that you lived in greece greece was at war with either an outside power or with herself engaged in like civil war between city states y yeah and, and it is not really a downtime of peace right right it was essentially yeah, there was there was like the all right. Here's like the sowing season. Here's the like growing season. Here's the harvest season. Here's the winter time. Here's all this. And okay, yep, this is the war season. Um, where yeah, we go have our little skirmishes with another city state or something like that. And and it is like I I I think you can sort of talk about it being like certainly some sort of like 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 civil strife because yeah, they are Greeks fighting Greeks. Uh, but 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 yeah, there, there, there's not like a unified Greek nation. It's just like, yeah, it's well, like even the, with the leagues, like they weren't unified. Right. They were just like loose coalitions. Right. It's yeah. it's it it's like groundskeeper Willie saying like, ah, the damn Greeks, they ruined Greece. Like that's that's kind of <laughs> what it what what it's like. Um. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Damn Greeks are always. They can't get along, especially with the Persians or Greeks yeah. and Egyptians or <laughs> Greeks and Parthians or yeah, or Greeks and other Greeks. They're ruining Greece. <laughs> so real briefly, Jesus Christ, real briefly here, man, tree shaker strong, Josh. Yeah, it is. <laughs> so real quickly here, just a couple of little fun cases uh, of again, this isn't, this isn't people that signed up to go to war. 
this is civilians that got slaughtered because their leaders made bad choices. Um, yeah. When the Spartans took Plataea, they held a sham trial and found the town and asked the town a single question. If the townspeople of Plataea had ever given aid or done harm to Sparta or her allies. When the people said no during the sham trial, um, the Spartans decreed that all men were to be killed and women enslaved and the town was raised. So yeah, just already, right. yeah, it sounds about, sounds right. about right. Yep. <laughs> but, but, but I don't want to get one-sided here and just focus on how big a dicks the Spartans were. The Athenians put to death all males and sold all women and children to slavery when the city of, oh, God damn it. Mytilene? My, uh, well, M-Y-T-I-L-N-L-E-N-E? Yeah, yeah. So there's Mytilene, which, well, and I can, I can, I can follow up with that more too, but, but go, go for it. Go with you, go with what you have prepared. Yep. Uh, the city of Mytilene, after they rebelled more or less without cause, but they were a common ally to Athens during the Peloponnesian. Yeah. So, so yeah. they, yeah, they, yeah, they were sort of like as a part of this Delian proto-Athenian empire thing. Um, but then, yeah, they were, th- then they said like, okay, no, this is enough for us. We're gonna, we're gonna strike off and do our own thing. And then, yeah, yeah like. Athens was not having that. Well, so they decreed that all men were to be put to death. The city was going to be razed and all the women and children sold into slavery. But, but, but there's a silver lining in this shit cloud. Uh, at an appeal by the Mytilene, I guess you call them counselors in Athens. Mm-hmm. They, they were like, this isn't fair. Help us out. So Athens ruled that the walls were, be, were to be demolished. All the ships were to be to, to and all the ships were to be seized. So essentially, they were defenseless and you know caught with their pants down in war. Yeah. Well, and and I have I I don't know if you have this one coming up. So like, there's not only the Mytilenean debate, as it's sometimes called, where yeah, like 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 Monday, Athens was like these motherfuckers. We got we got to get them, and so they dispatch yeah like a fleet to go massacre everybody. Tuesday. Cooler heads, I guess, kind of prevailed. They went back to the hill where they debate all this stuff. And they say, like, uh, actually, no, this is probably a bad idea. And this one guy, oh, yes, uh, Diodotus. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm confirming with my, my, my notes here. He spoke into defense. Is like, look, guys, this is, you know, probably got a little too hasty yesterday. He persuaded everybody. So they dispatched a second sort of fleet to like overtake the first and say like, no, wait, don't, don't genocide them. Don't genocide them. <laughs> so yeah, that happened. And, and again, just so listeners don't think I'm recalling this off the top of my head. I double checked. That was in 427. So in the early years, yeah, that was in the early years of the Peloponnesian war between, or I guess like right after the third wave of plague, um, a little bit later in 415, a kind of similar thing happened with this, city state island called melas and okay. in and in 415 melas was like okay look we've had enough of this like yeah a greek fighting greek thing we respectfully request to be neutral we don't want to partake we're not siding with you athens we're not siding with you sparta we're just going to be our little island kind of here uh, they were formerly a part of the Dillian League with Athens and all that, but they said, okay, no, we're just, we're just going to do our thing. Athens sent a, um, yeah, like a fleet out to convince these guys like bullshit. You're going to join us. 
And, and yes, lest you think the Spartans are like bloodthirsty and the Athenians are these high-minded and above-it-all stuff. Um, again, recorded in Thucydides' uh, histories on the Peloponnesian War, this is Book 5, uh, line 89 or so, where Thucydides also kind of jumps into like... Uh, so it's, it's, it's essentially, yeah, just like prose, like a prose account. But when he's talking about the Melian dialogue, uh, yeah, he like goes into like theater mode and he has some like, like some scripts in here. And so this is one of the brutal lines that is forever. Yeah. Like a part of history. So this is like some of the Athenian representatives here on the Island of Melos who said like, look, we just want to be neutral. And And the Athenians say, For ourselves, we shall not trouble you with specious pretenses, either of how we have a right to our empire because we overthrew the Mede, the Persians, or are now attacking you because of wrong that you have done us, and make a long speech which would not be believed. And in return, we hope that you, instead of thinking to influence us by saying you did not join the Spartans, although they're they're colonists, uh, or that you have done us no wrong, will aim at what is feasible." holding in view the real sentiments of us both. Since you know as well as we do that right as the world goes is only in question between equals in power, while the strong do what they can and the weak suffer what they must. (laughs) So so, so here's all these like, yeah, like Athenian marine hoplite dudes, like get out of here little fucking island guy like little island town we're we're big badass athens we can only talk we can only have this like conversation these this uh dialogue uh between equal powers and the strong do what they can and the weak suffer what they must and people on melos are like uh yeah but we promise we won't actually attack and athens just so they have this conversation. Melos stands by, stands by its decision. It's like, nope, we're we're still going to be neutral. We're not gonna, we're not gonna do it. We're not gonna join you guys. Um, and so, yes, Athens kills all the men, uh, takes the women and children as slaves, and yeah, like just totally lays waste to Melos. God so, damn. so yeah, just what like twelve years after. Diodotus is like, look, let's not be rash. Let's not become the thing that we hate. We hate. Twelve years later, I was like, okay, no, we're just gonna kill Melos. <laughs> glad we learned our lesson. Yeah, glad we. Yeah, this and then of course Athens goes on to lose the Peloponnesian War. But um, yeah, it's yeah, brutal, brutal stuff. Oh yeah. Well, I got one more, Josh. What were the Greeks most afraid of invasion by? Uh, the Persians. I was gonna say barbarians. Or well, uh, which would include the Persians. Yeah, any non-Greeks, any non-Greeks. Well, just, gi- absolutely. just give me, just give me, just give me barbarians, Josh. Give me barbarians. Barbarians, the, the barbarians. barbarians, the fucking barbarians. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I'm assuming that we would count Thracians as barbarians, right? Yeah, they were sort of like on this weird cusp, like kind of. So the yeah, the like Macedonians is like Alexander the Great and his father Philip the Second. They were like half greeks and yeah the thracians were still a little bit further away so yeah they, i think they're they're solidly mostly barbarian yeah and as far as i can tell this account comes from the peloponnesian war but i'm not okay. sure 
This comes okay. from H. H. Law's Atrocity in Greek Warfare from 1919. So maybe okay. his shit's a little off, but I'm just going to read what he has. Because sure. I think it's kind of neat that we have this, like, also an actual barbarian assault in Greece, right? Mm-hmm. So... The attack made by the Thracians on Mycelius is the most dreadful atrocity committed during the war, for the women and children were not spared as they ordinarily were. The Thracians, bursting in, sacked the houses and temples and butchered the inhabitants, sparing neither youth nor age, but killing as they fell in with even women and children. Everywhere, confusion reigned and death in all shapes, and in particular, they attacked a boys' school and massacred all the children. In short, the disaster falling upon the whole town was unsurpassed in magnitude, and unapproached by any in in suddenness and horror, since, as Thucydides puts it, the Thracian race, like the bloodiest of all the barbarians, is always most violent when it has nothing to fear. (laughs) And, because I read one account that said that the Thracians were there because the Spartans had hired them as mercenaries, and then told them to fuck off, and they were mad, and that's why they sacked? Uh, uh, Spell Mycelius? Uh... M Y C A L S S U S. C A. Michael Lisas. Yeah, Michael. Michael. Okay, M M Y C A. M Y C A L E S S U S. Michael Lisas. No, not my Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints. What are you talking about? I'm staying in. Mika. Michaelisus? I'm I'm trying to Google this and I'm coming up with nothing. What the fuck? Again, this oh, no, is wait, 1919. Here we go. Maybe it's wrong, but oh, here, okay, here we or go. Or different spellings. Uh, yeah. Well, because that's the other thing too. Like spelling, trying to like transliterate Greek into English is just a fraught thing. Okay, so yeah. So Michaelisos was a town in Boeotia, or Boeotia. Okay. Um, so like northern kind of sort of yeah yeah so Boeotia is like where Thebes was so like yeah. kind of northwest of Athens and all that um and yeah apparently in 413 so yeah a couple of years after the uh million debate or the million dialogue um yeah some Thracians who the Athenians were sending home to their own country landed in Epirus which is yeah like western Greece and surprised uh, Michaelisus. They not only sacked the town, but put all the inhabitants to the sword, not even sparing the women and children. Thucydides says that this was the greatest calamities that had ever befallen any city. Okay, here we go. Here, let me see. If, let me see if I can find a passage here. This is Book Seven, Line Twenty Nine, something like. Uh, okay, so here we go. So, um, yeah, this is Book Seven, Line Thirty. A little bit later. Oh, wait, what the shit? Oh, okay, okay, no, we're, we're going back to 29. The Thracians, bursting into Michaelisus, sacked the houses and temples and butchered the inhabitants, sparing neither youth nor age, but killing all they fell in with, one after the other, children and women, and even beasts of burden, and whatever other living creature they saw. The Thracian people, like the bloodiest of barbarians, being ever most murderous when it has nothing to fear. Everywhere confusion reigned and death in all its shapes, and in particular, they attacked a boys' school, the largest that there was in the place, into which the children had just gone, and massacred them all. In short, the disaster falling upon the whole city was unsurpassed in magnitude, and unapproachable by any in suddenness and in horror. So what you're telling me is that the Thracians threw the Michaelisianians 
on their mm-hmm. backs, and after that, they killed them all. They killed them all. Ah! Ah! <laughs> I like that it. Ah, I, okay, yeah. I don't like. I don't like. Don't don't think that I like it. But I like that they hit the boys' school. Like my account and yeah. your account both affirm that they murdered a bunch of. I just see like. And I know this isn't the case, but I just imagine, like, if you could have, like, preppy kids in togas, but they're still wearing ties. Right, yeah. Like, it's, it's like the... Yeah, they got the little cravats over their hymations or whatever. She's <laughs> like, boy, physics sure sucks today, doesn't it? Yeah, I sure hate it. I wish Mr. Ptolemy would just go jump off a cliff. Hey, what do you think that is? Oh, no! Um, yeah. Well, and again, so, like, if it's not bad enough that they're... Okay, I can understand. I can understand the rationale of like, I'm a warrior dude. I see what looks to be another dude. He could be a warrior. That guy's gone. I'm a little less certain about like the women and children. Maybe they have the bloodlust or something like that. But for God's sake, not the livestock, George. Like, why do you got to kill the beasts of burden? Like, the same why... reason that Sennacherib flooded all of Babylon because he was being a dick. I, I guess so. Because you I could get so. away with war crimes back then and be... Right, yeah. It's that, it's that Dan Carlin um, thought of, like, the quote-unquote great men. Mm-hmm. And right. really great men are just the ones that look as death as, like, it's not... Looking at populations as they don't matter. But... Right. Yeah. Yeah. I and And I can also understand that, too. And maybe that's why... Maybe that's why I won't be one of those great men... I may be a, a great wizard, but I may not be one of those. But also, probably not one of those great men that are just like, oh yes, these are bags of meat walking around that I'll just <laughs> do with what I will. The strong do what they can, and the weak suffer what they must. <laughs> Vivictus, baby, Vivictus. <laughs> um. All right, moving on from the Greeks because we can't get hung up there anymore because this segment sure. is already running long. Uh, yeah, yeah. Let's have a lightning round, Josh. Ready for a lightning round? Oh, yeah. Great. Okay, cool. So we've had, like, I'm kind of trying to, like, spread this out, like, warfare-wise. Like, so, you know, like, yeah, the the conquering Assyrians are always kind of a problem, or, like, the internal strife of the Greeks. Mm -hmm. But what if you had internal strife so bad that it kept, like, checkmating your ability to become, like, we can call it one of the greatest land empires on Earth. That's right. We're going to lightning round some civil wars in China. So cue up that sweet-ass wee music, Mark. All right, so starting off, Josh, number one, in um, the 540s BCE, when the Jin state was getting just a little bit too big for its britches because it was experiencing a season of prosperity and aristocrats were rising to a little bit more and more power and they decided, hey, maybe we can tell the rest of everybody to go fuck right off. Well, here's the problem when you go tell the world to fuck right off and you don't have a backup plan, you turn in on yourself. So, uh, a couple families started to, in the aristocracy, started to consolidate their power. And then by 597, mind you, I said 540 BCE was when this started. So, what, 50 right. years later, civil yeah. war bra- broke out, right? In which time this civil war eliminated the family clans of the Fan, the Zhongyu, the Gi, and the Yangtze. They're just gone. They're just dead. Done. That's it. No yeah. more. Done, get fucked. And then, like, this whole, like, Jin accession is this insane thing that we can't even cover right now, but they kind of sort of did it. 
Good for them. Moving on from 220 Common Era to 280 Common Era. The Three Kingdoms War occurred. Josh, can you give me a, a got a guess for what the Three Kingdoms War was? Uh, was it Three Kingdoms trying to be the One Kingdom? Goddamn right, baby. <laughs> it was the three-way civil war between the Wei, the Wu, and the Shu. Forty million people died. Holy shit! <laughs> now, 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 now. Just to be fair, that's forty mm-hmm. million over sixty years. So you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's only uh, yeah, two thirds of a million per year. <laughs> yeah, it's nothing. <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> but 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 leave it to the Chinese to be efficient. Following closely on that, you have the Lushan Rebellion from 753 to 763 Common Era, when the general An Lushan decided that he was hot shit and declared himself the emperor of the Yang Dynasty. Now, Josh, this was a problem because it pissed off the current power, the Tang Dynasty. Eventually, the Yan collapsed from within, but not before 36 million people died in 10 fucking years. Get fucked, Three Kingdoms War. I could go on. That was the lightningest round of lightning rounds that we have. China Mm -hmm. is really, really good at civil war and internal rebellion and strife. And those were like the three worst ones that I could find up until the 1600s with the the Ying. The Ying, I want to say, was a big one. And Well, there's also the Yuan... Which was, That's in the 1800s. Yeah, which is a little yeah. l- later with like Kublai Kai, I think. Yeah, that was later on, but like, there's a bunch of shit. There's a yeah, there's a there bunch is. of shit. Listeners, just just go to the Wikipedia page for like Chinese dynasties, and it and you'll see like, oh wow, like there's maybe periods of stability for like okay maybe a couple hundred years, uh, tops, if that. and then just a barrage of. Brrrr, Haha, mandate of heaven, go burr. <laughs> also, um, for you uh, Total War fans out there, there's also the Total War franchise's Three Kingdoms uh, game, which which explores this time period. And you too can partake in, yeah, bloody uh, civil strife and conflict uh, on your PC or console device. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. Go check Hell that yeah. out. But Josh, if you're Chinese, way back in the me- in the way back when, mm-hmm. internal strife was a problem. But do you yeah. know it was a bigger problem for the Chinese? Uh, what would that be? Well, I already mentioned before, it's those goddamn Mongolians. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> that's true. That's true. Once again, Josh, I do not have the time and I do not have the sanity and headspace to calculate the entire wonderfully, brutally gory history that is the Mongolian Empire, but I'm going to highlight just a few notes here. Sure, sure. Um, if you thought that the Assyrians was going to be a bad day, if you saw them on the horizon, well, seeing the Mongolian hordes was your fat hippie busting into a blistering James Taylor guitar cover. <laughs> your night is about to kick into shitty. An attack would go like this. Spies acting as merchants would have infiltrated your city about a week or two in advance. They have already scoped out all your weak points. They have looked at where you have your encampments of troops. They looked at where your walls are strong. They have looked at your gates. They found your back doors to those gates. And they know where all the good shit is hidden within the city. Because apparently Mongolians are amazingly efficient at just, like, spying and getting a general lay of the land. Now... A common tactic of the Mongolian 
of the Mongolians was a token force would be sent out to draw out the defenses, right? You Mm -hmm. roll up with a couple hundred or a couple thousand, depending on the time period. Because holy shit, did Mongolian armies, Josh, deal in numbers in ancient times that I have a hard time dealing with now. And it's so fucking cool because every single Mongolian is the best horseman you've ever met. And there's still 10,000 other yeah, best horsemen that you've ever fucking met. Like, it's not just one dude. It's not just Kuchlug. It's every single fucking one of them is better than you and every other dude you've ever fucking met. So this little, like, harrying party rides out and starts, like, shooting arrows and screaming and scaring the shit out of everybody. There's fucking yeah. war eagles everywhere. A couple people are dying. You send out your people. This is this is Civ Six. This is the purest yep. Civ Six I can ever have, Right. You oh see God. the one barbarian like group, and you dispatch your like slingers to go take care of them because it's just the one set of horsemen. Yeah, it's just the You're one gonna dude. be fine. Uh, yeah. Until you realize that you have a whole fucking full fledged horde right there. <laughs> the horde, the wings of the horde sweeping around you, creating a complete and total pincer's envelopment. Whatever group you were in, if you were one of the hapless like defenders of aforementioned city, well, that's it. You were fucked. Like. Fuck doesn't begin to describe what you were, but you were yeah. fucked. But at least you had a quicker death than what was about to befall the city. Yeah, uh, that's yeah, I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> so as soon as soon as they you know swallowed your force, then they you know go ahead and set to task of killing literally everybody inside of the city except for a handful of survivors, which are released, usually mutilated. Usually, like, right. brutally yep. horrible. You lose an arm. You lose a couple eyes, maybe. Maybe it's you and two bros, and somebody loses their ears. The other loses their eyes, and you get your tongue cut out. So the three of you get to be this, like, cool trio of horror going, <laughs> And then the guy with the tongue, with but no eyes, goes, Oh, the Mongolians are coming. They're going to be here tomorrow. Right. It's Yeah, it's like a, like the most perverse, like, See no evil, hear no evil, speak no evil, kind of monkey trio. Exactly. Um, that, yeah, just like goes out. <laughs> but but there was a common practice where they would lay down the, the, the axle of a wagon. And if you were smaller than the axle of the wagon, you got to live. Because that Aww. meant you were young enough that you could be adopted into the like yeah. the great Khanate. You, mm-hmm. you got to witness the glory that was Kublai Khan, Lord of the Eternal Sky. Yeah. And you and, like, could join. serve him. And, like, get to participate. And, join. Yeah. and you got to participate yeah. and join. But, Josh, you and me, we're so fucking dead. We're so oh, fucking yeah. dead, dude. You and I are so dead. Yeah. Your Forget Mrs. Wizards, it. dead. My Mrs. Wizard, if that would have been her, oh, dead. That was her in that dead. boat, dead. <laughs> dead. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they are an equal opportunity uh, assimilator. Just you have to be a certain height under to join that golden horde. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> In 1219, um, the Mongolians fell upon the city of Samarkand, which was Mm. reported to have 100,000 troops and at least 20 war elephants. And the Mongolians routed them. They then set to task by killing everybody in the city, including pets. If it breeds in the city of Samarkand, it fucking died. If it was a eukaryote in Samarkand... Dead. That was it. <laughs> um, according to Rashid al-Din, they killed 700,000 people in the city of Merv, which is in Turkmenistan. One million people died in the city of Nishapur, 
which would be now northern Iran. They might have killed up to 60 million people in China, which would have been, which is just insane. But at the same time, too, um, China, all the civil right. wars, plus a lot of, like, roving plagues, slash a lot of famines and shit. China yeah. was kind of really good at, like, burning their own guys. But at the yeah, same absolutely. time, they still blame the Mongolians for, like, no, they killed 60 million of us. 60 million people. Okay, Josh. It, it doesn't count when we do it. <laughs> doesn't count when we do it. <laughs> They killed half the population of Hungary, just as the general. They just killed half of it. Jesus. Oh, my God. They also Ugh. killed half the population of Kievan Rus, which is a country, which is a nation about the size of, like, Ukraine today. Mm-hmm. Genghis Khan was responsible for the death of so many people that he offset 700 million tons of carbon. And, and that probably included, like, the carbon within their bodies. Um. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably. And, like, that's not even counting the Black Plague if we could, like, blame the Mongolians for kicking the Black Plague off. Holy yeah. shit, were the Mongolians good at open-handed murder. Yeah, just... Yeah, oh my god. Oof. Ugh. I want to point out just a little bit here. If nothing else, the Mongolians were nothing but tolerant. They accepted all mm-hmm. creeds into their, into their, into their like, you know, great nation. Um, mm-hmm. Every single religion was allowed. There's a story where um, I want to say it was Genghis Khan held a kultai, which is like the war party. It's like the meeting of the war chiefs and shit. And while they were okay. there, it's the great gathering of the cons before they go like engage in war with the people. Yeah. And while just they were there, stuff. yeah, just you know, hey, what you think about? Well, just con stuff. While they were stuff. there, he got a Buddhist monk, like very, very like a firm Buddhist, mm-hmm. to get hammered with a Christian. And they just got fucking shithoused and debated their religion all night. And then he made them wrestle. And then he <laughs> determined that neither God was better because both men blacked out before they could complete the match. So whatever. Buddhists and Christians are cool. Like, yeah, right. yeah. under the spread of the cons, all religions were accepted. All races were accepted. The easiest thing you could do if you saw a horde coming onto you, you just throw up your hands and go, all right. Fucking take it. We don't want no problems. Hey, you want these yeah. men to be part of your horde? You can have them. You need these mm-hmm. women as, like, sex slaves? They're yours, buddy. Yeah. Once ag- again, we got to point out, like, what? 8% of the world population right now, 800 yeah. years later, is descendant of Kublai Khan, of Genghis Khan. Like, yeah. And God not, and damn. Not, right. And, like, yeah, not not the Khans, but, like, ju- just him. Just that dude. Yeah. <laughs> just, they, Which, they pushed... Like, they, they pushed into Russia. Like, yeah. they probably could have taken England if the Black Plague wasn't so wasn't so bad. They could have definitely taken France. Mm-hmm. The only spot the Khans failed to, or, the, or the, the Mongolians failed to conquer was Afghanistan. Just yeah. think about that Which, shit, dude. Like, goddamn, dog. Yeah. Which, and, and not at all, like, making light of, like clear, like, genocide and, like, atrocity upon a, atrocity. But yeah, you want to talk about like a unifying force, like if there was some way that we could leverage that into like, like I almost wish that we find the like starship trooper bugs that's like, oh yeah, and and this is yes, of course, like Ozymandias' plan and Watchmen too, like, oh, if we can all, if we can all get animated against like this other thing that we want to kill and not kill each other but kill this other thing and like 
Yeah, we'd have flying cars. We'd be, yeah, carbon negative. Um, world hunger would end because we're all animated by the spirit of, yeah, we got to go to war against this thing. We just got to find something that isn't other human beings to, like, kick up that military industrial complex. Um, God damn, man. Maybe this mad God damn Mongolians. Well, yeah, this, this, now this red India pale ale. Maybe I'm, maybe, am I the dude sitting on the horse with the great sword? <laughs> you may well be, buddy. You I might just well be. be. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Two wizards will be right back after these messages. Hey, there, kids. In this tea, here to tell you wash hands, eat your vegetables, listen to two wizards. Ooh! Now, back to two wizards. All right, Josh. So we're yep. two horsemen down. We have covered two, two down, two to go. And we have covered war. And mm. now we're going to mix it up a bit and we're going to talk about famine. So, Josh, Fletch of Blackbeard, what is in your Blackbeard Wizard's Chalice? Goblet, tankard. In my Black uh, uh, Brew. For tankard, chalice, goblet, uh, what have you. This is actually a little bit of a callback. Uh, this is, I found another brew dog, uh, Iron Maiden Hellcat. Uh, which How is appropriate. A, yeah, which is a American Indian pale ale in a black can. And has, yeah, some demonic cat on it. Um, Iron Maiden and brew dog unite to launch Hellcat, a feisty... Heisty. Meow. Um, <laughs> Indian pale lager, where hops and malts com- collide. Hellcat rages with a citrus-forward flavor with a no less aggressive malty backbone. The result is a hazy gold IPL with an epically complex balance. Brewed in the USA, Hellcat joins the global trooper family of beers crafted by maiden vocalist and beer aficionado Bruce Dickinson. Did you say Bruce huh? Dickinson? Yeah. Like the fucking yeah. dude from Iron Maiden? Like the yeah. Iron Maiden, Iron. Yeah, the like the, the Iron, Iron Maiden, Maiden, Iron Maiden. I, Sorry, I, I'm, I'm exploring. No, yeah, I no, I. So I took like a little uh, photograph at the start of like all these beers laid out before me, uh, and I can take some more with all these empty. So yeah, no, it's like the like officially Iron Maiden licensed. Oh fuck. Brewed, yeah, brewed, brewed with, brewed with, or in collaboration with. And which which beer is it? I'm sorry, not not that I'm not listening, but now yeah, yeah. I'm like insane because I've no, had insane. like three of them, and every one I've <laughs> had out of Bruce Dickinson is amazing. Yeah, so this is an American Indian pale lager with Brew Dog. Okay, okay, I've had their yeah. uh, Trooper is really good. Yeah, so like this is yeah, so so it's like in the like Trooper family, I guess. Okay. But uh, okay. yeah, one. So yeah, that's that, that's Hell what yeah. I had. Hell yeah. Right on. Right on. Man, mine is not nearly that cool. Um, again, <laughs> I'm being that dude. Listeners, I tried. I tried so hard. We don't have any, like, dark beer anymore. But um, yeah. we what we do have is Hazer Tag, Hazy IPA. And if I squint hard enough, I can invoke the colorblind card and say the can <laughs> is kind of black. <laughs> yeah. So here's I mean, you, that's, that's your prerogative. Cheers. <laughs> Cheers. 
I wish like hell I lived in a city and when I get all horned up for like doing weird wizard's goblet like dumb shit with you, I could actually follow through on it, but Oh my god, yeah. Which um, You know, wish in one hand, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And write our representatives of Congress be like, look, there's no reason why we shouldn't be able to ship beer across state lines. Like this isn't the depression. It's not the prohibition anymore. Just let us... I would love to, yeah, send you a six-pack. Be like, hey, this is what I'm drinking this week's recording. And then vice versa. You can send me all that delicious red rum ale. Goddamn um, right. You send me that, like, fucking Mothman shit out of West Virginia. And I'll yeah. send you some red rum and everything will be okay. Yeah, it'll be great. It'll or maybe West Virginia world. listeners, because I know you're we'll listening. Better, break yeah. American postage law and send it to me. Care of Mark Jones, I mean, High Hammock Studios, P.O. Box. I'll get a P.O. Box if you DM me. <laughs> I mean, I'm 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 willing to bet the statute of limitations has expired for this. One and two, it's it was it wasn't a thing. But no, when Doc wrote a letter of recommendation for me to go to grad school, uh, and and, and then when I got a, a accepted, um, no, I totally mailed him a fifth of Knob Creek, um, uh, Ooh. bourbon. And I was like, "Is like, yeah, I'm willing to risk a federal offense to like say thank you to this guy who will help me get my PhD in theater." And yeah, I I think the founders would be ashamed. Like, like the 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 founding fathers be like, "Wait, you can't ship whiskey using the federal <laughs> post." What the service? hell do you think we made it for? And they just they just all start crying. It's like we. The second congressional Congress was on a like man-made lake of rum punch. What is this? <laughs> I don't. I don't understand this country anymore. <laughs> but anyway, you know anyway, I mean? for for being yeah. a Christian nation, we were founded by a bunch of drunks, and I guess yeah. we're better at being drunks as a nation than we are. Whatever. That's what we're talking about. Josh, all right. Anyway, we got bigger fish to fry, buddy. We have we have bigger fish or bigger horses to fry because everybody's starving and we have to uh, kill kill uh, old Baxter here to uh, feed feed the family. Because, yes, not, this black not horse. Not James Baxter. Not James Baxter the here horse. Baxter. Well, no. Uh, what? Or, or, well, or it's Boxer in Animal Farm. Oh, oh Boxer. Boxer. My lung. I, my lung is bad. Yeah, yeah. No, I I kind of conflated them there too because these beers are also going down well. But yes, James so Boxer. Baxter. <laughs> but yes, you and I living in this land of plenty, even for right now, uh, the King James Bible tells us in Revelation 6 5, however, and when he opened the third seal, I heard the third beast say, Come and see. And I beheld, and lo, a black horse. And he that sat on him had a pair of balances in his hand. And it is my understanding this rider on the black horse traditionally has represented famine. Famine. We're going to talk about famine. Josh, my God, dude. Um, man, Okay, this is the civiest six of Civ 6 episodes we've ever done. Right. Without doing a Civ 6 episode. <laughs> And I can tell you that I didn't play Civ Six for ninety percent of the writing of this fucking script, but <laughs> man, that's all I thought about. So yeah, mm -hmm. famine. Josh, 
Um, it's important to note that famine, as the third horse follows on the heels of war, because war seems to yep. cause famine, Josh. Oh my yep. god, who knew? Who'd have thunk? Yep. <laughs> well, because I even was. Like, I promise this isn't like the, hey, this is our 100th episode, whoops, all Thucydides. But even in Thucydides histories, like, yeah, we had our pestilence, clearly have our war, we're having our famine... Because, like, I was talking about all the, like, Spartans coming in to Attica and, uh, like, yeah, like, burning all the croplands and, like, burning all the farms and stuff. Yeah, famine and war kind of go hand in hand. In fact, my boy Aristophanes, one of his earlier plays is called the Acarnians. And Acarnia was another kind of region in Attica. Um, and they were, they were always, they were always getting their shit burnt down. In these like Spartan raiding parties. And so in the Arcanians, the main character, um, is this Dikaeopolis? I think so. But he's just like a farmer guy. He's like, okay, enough of this bullshit. I'm tired of my crops getting burnt down year after year. Um, just my like farm. I'm I'm signing a peace treaty with the Spartans. So like Athens, you go do your stuff. But my plot of land, I'm like, he tried to pull a Melos. And then wouldn't you know it? Hey, the war ends. Uh, so, but yes, to, to that point, famine and war kind of go hand in hand. One follows the other. Famine and war. I've been up since 4 a.m. I haven't eaten all day. It is <laughs> 8.09 Colorado time. I'm a hungry boy. Anyway. <laughs> so we have survived at this point, uh, pestilence and warfare, right? Mm -hmm. But, but what if nature says get fucked and nature whips out her giant dick and just slaps you around with it? Well, good news, Josh. Here we go. I have an ironic appetizer for you in that famine tonight will be covered in two categories and that will be natural disasters. And the second half is going to be weather-based famine. So, Oh yeah, here we go. We could almost QE music about this, but we're not going to. And also, listeners, man, if this whets your appetite, because this is like an appetizer for doom coming to the ancient world, this is just an appetizer. We have doom in the ancient world coming, I'd say November, right, Josh? Like, mm -hmm. one that you and I have been cooking up for a minute, but I found more sources. I think you found a couple more, and we want to do it right. But for right now, here's the appetizer, the ironic appetizer of famine, just massacring people in the ancient world. So from 2,220, that's 2220 to 2100 before Common Era, a four-point kilo year event, that's a period of like very, very dramatic weather mm. change or unrest. Mm -hmm. um, it so severely fucked the world. So this like 4.2 kilo year weather event so severely fucked the world. It is credited for the decline and in some cases fall of, you ready, Josh? Mm -hmm. The old kingdom of Egypt, the ones that built the pyramids, the Akkadians in Mesopotamia, the Liangzhu people in the lower Yangtze Valley in China, and all of the Indus Valley, all, all, <laughs> yes, Josh, all. all of the Indus Valley, um, <laughs> as well as the Um Al-Nar culture and the Wadi Sug culture of the Persian Gulf. So this one event just fucked it up. Just fucked everything up. Right. Well, so, so bad. So bad. A period of such dramatic climate change that civilizations 
not only like had their declines, but in some cases collapsed. And yeah, you got the plus five yeah. error score because X civilization did not survive the test of time. <laughs> and like, just to, yeah, I guess belabor the point. You're in my, and, and you are even a produce wizard, Mark. So yes. you have, so you have a level of insight into, yeah, like, uh, 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 food transportation and stocking and all that that I don't have. I have an uncle who's a farmer there in the valley, and I'm sure he goes into a lot of it too. But like, pretty much everybody was sustenance farming at this point. Yeah. It's yeah. not like, oh, let me just pop into the like grocery store and like buy up. No, like you had to like, you had to grow your own shit. And maybe if you had some extra, you could trade. And so, yeah, like, that, that just wipes out everybody. It's not like, oh, darn, I guess I don't have the ragu pasta sauce. I'll have to use this presto shit instead. Like, no, there was no food. There was none. And There's so, none. yeah. Oh, my and God. if it was there, it went to the rich folks. Like, yes, and if it hey, was there. Hey, yeah. hey, guys. Hey, guys, wait like six months. Watch what happens. Go ahead. Just just watch. Yeah. About yeah. six months from now. Go go fucking find out what happens. Yeah. Produce you may Mancy. Want you you may want it the next time you're at the store, uh, get get a jumbo bag of rice in a jumbo bag of dried beans. Just just you know, just get a just a little bit here and there and then yeah. I've talked on Dangle Podcast where every time that I work a midshift, I will mm-hmm. buy three cans of food. Doesn't matter what the three cans are. Yeah. I just pick up yeah. three cans of food. Is it corn? Is it tomatoes? Is it beans? Doesn't matter. It goes in a it's closet in my Harry Potter bedroom. Like No, so okay, I and I know we're almost like kind of like undercutting the message of famine, but like, yeah, like food, like don't go like full on like prepper and like bury a shipping container in your backyard and like, but you you don't have to do that. But no, just like some basic level of like food storage, have enough to like uh, feed you and your household for, uh, I, I I think the... I think that like minimum is like three weeks or something like that, but just, yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and again, you don't have to do it all at once. Just like, okay, doing my weekly shopping. Don't trip, panic buy. Fuckers. Don't fucking do not panic, panic buy. buy. Don't fucking panic buy. But exactly. Just like, okay, I'm going to grab like two or three cans of uh, fruits and veggies and this thing. And I'll buy a handful of like canned tuna on another trip and slowly amass your little, hobbit horde so that yeah so that when you're when the rest of the world is like trying to panic by because they don't listen to the two wizards podcast you'll be sitting cozy in your hobbit hole having some of that nice uh 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 uh, shire weed in your pipe and there's a nice little vegetable stew bubbling on the stove because you bought those garbanzo beans and green beans so yeah, I have a I have a stash of grind, Josh. I I don't yeah. mind telling you and our listeners, yeah. you know, just you just like dump it in a little container, and now it's like fucking half a mason jar. But you know what? That's gonna get me through the goddamn apocalypse. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, or I can sell it for my fucking weight in gold. No, okay. So also when COVID lockdowns was just happening, I I kind of wanted to do this anyway. Um, but it also just coincided that I had a batch of like homebrew kits coming in oh, and yeah. I'm like, and I'm like, 
okay, if things really do go tits up, I can brew some beer and I can use that to barter. Um, I can be like, hey, Fuck yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, is, is that an extra bottle of ibuprofen you have there? And some, like some bandages? Yeah. Take a, take a bomber of this uh, Hefeweizen that I, made, that I made here. So, but I know we're kind of like undercutting our message. Maybe we're, we're, we're both just so horned up and we care about you, our listeners, that we're getting ahead of ourselves here. We've and also like, been talking for a long time and drinking a lot of beer. So we've also been right. talking for a long time and drinking also, a lot of beer. Also, our 100th episode, we're allowed to do it tonight, Josh. It's we're okay, allowed, goddammit, this is for us. This is for what? us. Have you fuckers made 100 episodes of anything? <laughs> <laughs> Two Wizards Pod C1 on Twitter. If you've made yes. 100 episodes of anything, you fucking let me know. And you, I'll go check yes, it out. Because I like checking you, stuff out. Yeah, yeah, you do add us. And then we'll follow you and you follow us and then... Uh, we can share our like lentil soup recipes for when the world ends. <laughs> anyway, anyway, Josh. Anyway, anyway, anyway. famine. So, famine. so, so, following this insane fucking, uh, I don't even know what I called it, this insane uh, kilo year, year event in 536. Okay, you, you lived through 2020. We already talked about how like 2020 kind of spawned two wizards. And a lot yep. of people said that was like the shittiest year to be alive, right? Mm-hmm. Well, to quote Josh, maybe the patron saint of this podcast, the Captain and Tennille, well, we're wrong. <laughs> the worst year to be alive was 536 Common Era. Mm. Multiple volcanoes erupted across the planet in either uh, the, the same event or a correlative event. Volcanoes get kind of wonky. Something pisses one off, and it might piss every single one of them off. Multiple eruptions occurred across the planet which reduced solar radiation and dropped the world temperature by about 4.6 degrees Fahrenheit for all of us American listeners, or I want to say 8.2 Celsius, maybe? Yeah, I might be wrong. Sounds don't, about don't, right. Don't, doesn't matter, had sex. Yeah. <laughs> also, this stack, you might remember, Josh, and attentive listeners, you'd go, but Mark, wasn't that when Justinian's plague hit? Well, you're right, dear listeners and Josh, that is also when Justinian's plague hit. So you are compounding effectively volcanic-induced winter with the plague event. This event is responsible for between 25 and 220 million deaths. But because of the context, we just don't really know. <laughs> Moving on. From 800 to 1,000, drought caused the collapse of the Mayan civilization. So a 200-year period of drought caused the collapse of the Mayan civilization. That's cool. Um, hey, I've watched California experience drought for all 30 years of my life, so I'm kind of getting nervous here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and that's... In 927 to 928, the Byzantine Empire's entire crop of everything was destroyed by four months of frost. It just frosted, Josh. Like, <laughs> listeners... Gardeners out there among you, you know how fucking detrimental frost can be. You're like little tomato plants you're planting or your little zucchini plants. They don't do good in frost. Well, what if it was all frost? Whoops, all frosts for four goddamn months. <laughs> From 1181 to 1182 common era, the Yowa famine hit Japan. It caused a drought and then it followed by severe floods so that... And this was, and I only have this one account or this one like uh, figure here, but at least in this one year period, four th forty three thousand two hundred people died in the city of Kyoto. So just that, just that many people died in Kyoto, 
in fucking 1100. It's That's, insane. That is insane. It's insane. And I know, I Josh, I know what you're thinking, buddy. And listeners, mm-hmm. I know what you're thinking too. And Josh, I'm just going to feed you a line here. Are you ready? Okay. Okay. Your line is, sure, Mark, but what about locusts? Well, yeah, Mark, I, I, you're talking about all these weather events, but but what about locusts? Well, baby, I am so glad you asked. <laughs> In the year 1400 BCE, according to the Bible, Moses wrought down the locust plague. And we're just going to quote that really quick. You, you, you know the locust plague. So here we go, just reading from the Bible. They covered the face of the whole land so that the land was darkened and they ate all the plants in the land and all the fruit and trees that the hail had left not a green thing remained neither a tree nor a plant in the field through all the land of egypt egypt is insane josh and listeners guys i'm talking to both equally i don't know what's wrong with me i think i'm drunk egypt is insane for locust plagues they just get hit with that shit all the fucking time so much so that they have a swarm event every 10 to 15 years Mm-hmm. 150 BCE, uh, Livy reports huge swarms of locusts in Africa where many people died. Um, 800,000 people died in Namadia between a locust family or from like locust induced famine and then plague that sprang up from said famine. In 460, a, a locust outbreak in Palestine uh, led to human and animal plague which really ruined their shit. And finally, 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 a colossal earthquake in 1300 common era in the Hunan province of China also also just somehow drummed up a locust swarm that killed a bulk of the population because they didn't have any goddamn food. <laughs> well, and I'm, and I'm reminded also of our bugs episode from about this yep. time last year that... Like, yeah, like I talked about this, like a uh, 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 locust swarm that befell Las Vegas. And it's like, oh, man, this is ah, oh, this is such a distraction. I'm trying to, you know, walk into the bank and make this deposit like, OK, or these things are eating all of your food. <laughs> ha ha, locust swarms go burr. I think that's our tagline for this episode. Swarms go burr. Yeah, or just death goes burr. (laughs) Four horsemen go burr. (laughs) Two wizards will be right back after these messages. In the arms of an angel, Bernard Wilbur Wadley. Hi, I'm Sarah McLaughlin. Every year, dozens of cows are bought by the Watleys. And, and they have strange lacerations on them. But for just a nickel a day, we can buy more cows to send to the Watleys. <laughs> for just strange ancient gold coins a day. <laughs> and now, back to Two Wizards. Anyway, like I said, guys, that's an appetizer. A, a simple appetizer of famine. There's too much shit to get into with that. Josh, we're moving on to our fourth and final horseman slash beer slash whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Go to your pale horse. Go to your white beer if you have it. What white beer represents your wizard's goblet, buddy? So, so yeah, my sort of pale yellow, that's that's kind of what I'm going for here. 
Uh, this is from Land Grant Brewing Company. Uh, also, also does great stuff. Uh, and this is their massive, juicy pale ale, uh, which is also apparently themed after our major league soccer team here in Columbus, the Columbus Crew. Um, oh shit! So may, maybe that'll be apropos of talking about this fourth horse. Or maybe not. I don't really care. I've had like three beers in not a lot of time. So I'm I'm just jiving, man. Fucking A. <laughs> um, and I, to enca- encapsulate the pale, I have an Indian pale ale out of Odell mm. Brewing. It's the best I could do, guys. I'm really sorry. I wish I lived in a city with like actual beer tastes. Uh, cheers on you, good buddy. Cheers at you. Ooh. Mm, man, I wish there would be a fucking plague of pretzels before me. Oh god. That 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 would be so nice. That'd be super nice right now. <laughs> Pret um, dude, like fucking hot pretzels and that Odell IPA just Oh god. Can't yeah. beat it. I'm um I'm 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 honestly not very impressed oh. with this massive juice. But then again, uh, it's, it's, it's not like, oh God, uh, this is, this is a fate worse than death. Cause I know that's not the, <laughs> that's not the anyway, case, but kick over to special guest star, Johnny Cash. Read us the uh, quote about the, Look about the fourth horseman of the apocalypse. Johnny Cash, we've resurrected his ghost. We got, yes. For hundredth episode, for, for the hundredth episode, we, we used our wizardy powers to, yes, channel Johnny Cash, who will, who will play <laughs> us into our fourth horseman here. And I heard, as it were, the noise of thunder. One of the four beasts saying, come and see. And I saw, and behold, a white horse. Thank you, Johnny. That was brilliant. That was great. Well done. Thank you, Mr. Cash. Much love. Pop, pop. Um, pop bam, pop. bam. Uh, horned up for Cash Mayhem. Boy, we've had a okay, lot. Of, hold on. Dude, in 100 episodes, we've had a lot of catchphrases. What's up, buddy? Well, no, I, and I was going to say, like, remember when we tried to, like, shift from Horned Up for Mayhem into Bam Bam, and then come yeah. to find out that was, like, a K-pop guy, and, like, oh, we had... Oh, remember when he wrote that, wrote that weird K-pop wave on Twitter? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. See, so it was a bit of a retrospective episode anyway. Just a touch. <laughs> And like you can like, track when I rewatch Community because I just say pop pop all the fucking time. <laughs> but it was, it was like, holy shit, we're getting great engagement here on our socials and some downloads in Korea. What? Oh, fucking bam bam. <laughs> it's all BTS, son of a bitch. Anyway, Josh. Anyway, anyway. Okay, so this pale, this pale rider, this pale this horse. This pale rider. Represents his name that said on him was death, and all hell followed with him, right? Yep, yep, yep. This is just bad ways to die, Josh. Yeah, in the ancient world. If tonight you haven't gotten enough out of plague and pestilence and famine and warfare and all that good shit, well, buckle up, baby, because these are insane ways just to be put to death because someone says it's time, baby. Um. I also am giving my final source for the night, and this is the one I save for the very last, uh, the very last segment here. Gotcha. <clears throat> Execution, the guillotine, the pendulum, the thousand cuts, the Spanish donkey, and sixty-six <laughs> ways to kill a man by Jeffrey Abbott. 
The Spanish donkey is a great name. Like, it's I know what that name, is. But it's a horrible thing. It's a horrible thing. I know what it is, but it's still a great name. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we're this is another kind of lightning round. And Josh, if you have any horrible ways to die out of Greek theater or something, you like pepper them in. But yeah. here we go. Starting at the mm-hmm. bottom now, we're here. Described by Arif- Aristophanes. Uh, something called the Siphon. I don't know if I know this one. Basically, the condemned is placed inside of a pillory. You know what that is? The, like, stocks yes. and bonds. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They are placed inside of a pillory naked. And then they are slathered in honey. And then they are left exposed to the elements where they are apparently plagued for 20 days by stinging in, in, by stinging insects. Wait, so this was Aristophanes? Aristophanes apparently described this according to uh, Jeffrey Abbott. Holy shit. After 20 days, if you were still alive after, you know, exposure and insect bites and so forth, well, then women of the town would dress you in women's garments as a final form of insult, and then you would be thrown off of a cliff headfirst. Holy shit. <laughs> that's the siphon. That's that's incredible. So, holy cow, I guess I need to go back to school because I have no idea about... Uh... uh th- 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 Oh, wait, what? hold on. What's up? What's up? What's up? No, I'm trying to, I'm trying to like find this now. Uh, if it's, if it's from like a comedy or something, because Aristophanes wrote, wrote all these comedies. So, so like Siphon, S-I-P-H-O-N. Oh, okay. It's, that's right. It's in wealth. It's in his play it's wealth. In, well, so if like slathering a person in honey doesn't do it for you, Josh. <laughs> what if we cooked them? What if we just cooked them? Oh, yeah. That's a that's a good one, too. So a common practice. Oh, and I should have written the fucking people down that did this, but it doesn't matter. Um, Yeah, so a common practice was uh, deep frying your enemies to death. And a quote from Abbott. We're going to do this as like a recipe, Josh. Ready? Um, okay, yep. So, so you bring a large pan, a very, very large pan, filled with oil, pitch, resin, or sulfur, to a ripping hot heat. Into that, you throw one heretical Christian who just won't denounce his faith, and then you cook until dead. Sometimes, apparently, sometimes you could be real dickish about this and throw them in back first so that like they, they would have to like burn through their back up to their fronts. Sometimes, like, people would, like, try and flip them. Like, people would cook fucking people like people. Like, like as people burgers. But, but, Josh. But, but. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. we are, if nothing, if not, like, a weird amateur food podcast, I have some other methods of cooking humans as way of ancient execution. Oh, here we go. Um, Maccabeus. Like, that dude. Like, the dude we talked about, like, two weeks ago that was, like, the perpetual thorn in the side of the Seleucid Empire. Oh, right, 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 right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So so apparently they caught his whole fucking family, right? They broke Maccabeus on a wheel, which is they tied him to a, a giant wheel and rolled him around and stretched his joints all out and really just ruined his day. And then they staked four stakes into the ground and tied him to them and lit a fire beneath him. Holy shit. And then they slow roasted Maccabeus. But then, but then, but then, because we're not done yet, because why would we be done with fucking ancient horrors in a time of ancient horrors? His fifth son, um, Ar- Arith, Arith, I don't know, Ariath, I don't know. 
His fifth son, Areth, was tied upside down on a pillar, so he's upside down in front of a fire. Now, he was put close enough to the fire to not burn him, but just to singe him. So that's right, Josh. We're going to lightly sear to seal in the juices. Now, after Areth's juices were seared in, they went ahead and peeled his face off because, well, it was already kind of cooked off, ripped out his tongue, and then threw him in the giant fuck-off pan where he was deep-fried to death. And and I know what you're thinking. I know what you're thinking. Deep-frying is good, but you're watching. You're, you're kind of watching your weight, right? Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. Well, well, good news, buddy, because there's this fucking thing called the gridiron. Oh, boy. And oh it is boy. exactly what it sounds like. It is literally a charcoal grill that they build for people that they can either tie you to or throw you onto, or it doesn't matter. Or sometimes they will put you inside of while wild. Okay. 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 So like, um, you know, like people say that there's a war on Christians when a Starbucks cup is wrong. Right. Yeah. 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 Well, there wasn't, there's not, it's not, you're being overly sensitive to your fucking beliefs when you have basic hegemony in an entire country. Um, the war on Christians happened with the fucking Romans where they would like build, they would build a cage above wild animals, cook you on top of it in the arena. These animals have not been fed in fucking weeks. Cook your ass. They will throw you on the gridiron. They will flame broil you. You become a human whopper. And then, and then, because you're probably not dead yet, because you don't really die from frame, from flame broiling. Usually when you're burnt to death, and I have learned this this week, Josh, I have, I have learned this shit, so you don't have to. Okay, when you're burnt yeah. to death, you don't die from the burning. You die from smoke inhalation. Oh, boy. So yeah, they right. would cook you and then open the pit underneath the giant barbecue and throw you to aforementioned animals while you're still kind of sort of alive, just in like Anakin Skywalker in the last like 10 minutes of Revenge of the Sith. (laughs) Terrible, right? Anyway, moving on. You hit this one already, Josh, with your Iron Maiden beer, and that's insane. Number one, I learned that Iron Maidens exist this week. And that's a really fucking cool premise, because I've always heard they were fake. I've, I've, so, so I have like seen, like, yeah, like photos of them, and some like speculation about whether or not they were actually used. Or, uh, but, but no, yeah, they, they are, they are a thing. Yeah. Well, and so, so yeah, so what is what is an Iron Maiden? Okay, yeah, so we're going to talk just a little bit about the Iron Maiden. The Iron Maiden, Josh, in its very, very first, like, what you could call usage, was used by the tyrant Nabus of Sparta. Mm. He ruled from 2005 to 194 BCE. To anybody that dared disagree with him, he would say, If I have not the talents to convince you, perhaps my apaga may persuade you. The victim would then be confronted with an automaton modeled to resemble the tyrant's beautiful wife, with folds of a luminous gown concealing a number of spikes. Led forward, the man would be enfolded into the mechanical arms and pressed against the figure so that iron spikes pierced his chest and abdomen. Okay. Holy shit. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Kind of sort of gross. I And again, like, I've always heard the Iron Maiden was like this weird, just like kind of, you know, put on from, you know, like a weird, like, myth, I guess you call it? Mm-hmm. 
But, 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 um, I have an account and I know we're kind of pushing it here. This comes from a French officer. Um, when his, the city of Toledo was taken by forces, he inspected the dungeons beneath the Inquisition's headquarters. This is during the Spanish Inquisition, right? Okay. In a recess in a subterranean vault next to the private hall, where interrogations were conducted so that a wooden figure carved by monks represented the Virgin Mary, gilded by a halo that encompassed her head, and in her right hand she held a banner extolling her faith and virtue. It appeared to us, first at sight, that despite the silken robe adorning her, she was some kind of breastplate, which, on closer examination, was stuck full of extremely sharp, narrow knife blades, the points being directed towards the spectator. Her arms were jointed and controlled by machinery behind the curtain. One of the Inquisition staff was commanded to set in motion, and when the figure extended its arms as though to press some most lovingly to her heart, a Polish grenadier was ordered to substitute a well-fitting knapsack for an imaginary victim. The effigy hugged it closer and closer. When it finally made it to unclasp its arms, the knapsack had been perforated to a depth of two or three inches and remained hanging on the portion's projecting daggers. So this officer goes on to say, Persons accused of heresy or blaspheming God or the saints, ostensibly refusing to confess to their guilt, were conducted into the cellar, at which the furthest at the furthest end of which numerous tamps were placed around the recesses, through a very great illumination of the halo, and on the figure a banner of the right hand. At the altar, standing a little opposite her, hung a black prisoner received the sacrament. Two ecclesiastics earnestly besought him in the presence of the mother of God to make confession. See, they said, how lovingly the blessed virgin, virgin opens her arms to thee. On her bosom, they hardened her heart will be melted. Therefore, wilt confess. All at once, the figure began to extend its arms. The prisoner was led to her embrace as she drew him nearer and nearer, pressed him almost imperceptibly closer and closer until the spikes and knives pierced his chest. Goddamn, Josh, if nothing else this week, I learned that the Iron Maiden was not only fucking real, but goddamn it, it started in Greece. And that's a fucking win for me, homie. <laughs> yeah, right. I, I mean, that is... That is absolutely something, uh, a, a claim to fame, uh, which you should absolutely take. Yeah. All right, Josh, I got another one. Sure. This one is famous. You know it. I know it. We all know it. We fucking love it. The Brazen Bull. Mm, yeah, that's a, that's a good one. Apparently, this was invented in Sicily by an Athenian artist named Perilous. Mm-hmm. It was made of brass, which would heat up quickly, so to speak. Yep. Um, and after further refinement, Perilous incorporated small flutes into the beast's nostrils, so that the screams of agony would be transformed into the lowering or into. So you're locked inside of the brazen bull, right? It's this giant, hollowed out like bull cavity. It's a bull mannequin, basically, right? Mm-hmm. You're put inside of it. They light a fire beneath it. And as you're burning to death inside of it, your screams come out of its nose like the bellowing of the bull. Yeah, it's it, it would be a truly horrific way to die. And I would like to now quote from a Lucian, who apparently huh? witnessed this. Okay, yep. The tyrant of Agrigentum, uh, Phalaris, was the one that was like, he commissioned the building of the bull. And apparently he was just a dickhead in terms of being a dickhead. But the uh, historian Lucian recounts this. 
about the brazen bull. Well, now, Perilous, if you are sure to con- if you are sure of your contrivance, give us proof on the spot. Mount up and imitate the tri- cries of a man tortured in it, that we may hear whether such charming music will proceed from it as you would make us believe. Perilous obliged, and no sooner was he inside the bull than I shut the aperture and put a fire beneath it. Take that, said I. As only the recompense of such a piece of art is worth, and chant us us the first specimen of the charming notes which you are the inventor. And so the barbarous wretch suffered what he would well be merited by such a fiendish application of his mechanical talent. However, that no noble work should not be contaminated by his dying there, I ordered him to be drawn out while still alive and thrown from the summit of a rock where his body was left unburied. So basically you have this gigantic bull skeleton body, whatever, hollow statue that you light a fire under and people burn to death in. But, 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 the tyrant was so nice that he just threw that bitch out on the street or just threw the bitch off a rock. I mean, yeah, like compared to getting, uh, yeah, like roasted inside this, um, brass confined space. Yeah. I would, I would prefer that. Thank you. Yeah. I would, I would definitely take that. Like, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I want to give, um, very just like, we're just going to call it honorable mention Mm -hmm. to a thing called mozzatello. Okay. And it's honorable mention because it was 18th and 19th common era Italy, so like 17 and 1800s. Yeah. But this in in a book about horrible ways to die, this might be the worst way I can think of dying, right? Mm-hmm. And so I'm just quoting here from the text. The standard procession brought the victim, victim and his confessor onto a long scaffold where the weighted black clad and masked executioner leaning on a long-handled mallet, the mazzatello, after prayers had been said for the salvation of the condemned man's soul, the executioner would move around to stand behind the felon, and after a couple of preliminary stra- swings with his weapon, would bring it down with crushing force on the victim's head. That done, he would keel over crumpled, figure on the scaffolding b- boards, and produce his knife to, pre- to slit the unconscious, unconscious man's throat. So you get hit in the head with a gigantic steel, f- with a gigantic fucking hammer, and that kills you. Ruin my fucking day. Like, I mean, <laughs> y- yep that that would do it. <laughs> that, that would do it, right? And it is. It's, it's like almost like so comical. Like, you, like you like have to laugh about it, but then when you do, when you think about it, like, oh, but then to actually have have to do that, dude, yeah, that's. <laughs> Yeah. Um, all right. This one, this one might be the worst. Okay. I think. Yeah. I'm yeah. not sure. Mm-hmm. This is called Scaphimus mm. or the boats. Okay. And again, I'm just reading from the text. If horror can be graduated, death by Scaphimus or the boats, as it was also known, were right within the top 20. It details being truly nightmarish proportions. The history or the historian, Zonaris, writing in the 12th century, spared his readers little description of the execution meted out by Peristius, mother of Adarxerxes and Cyrus, the man who boasted of having killed of having killed Cyrus when vying for king, kingship. Mm-hmm. The fact that the condemned man served for 14 days before dying almost defies belief, as he reported. And now we are reading from Zonaris's report. 
The Persians outvie all barbarians in that, in the cruelty of their punishments, they employ tortures which are particular, which are peculiar. There it is, Josh. That fucking word, which are peculiar. Peculiar. Yeah, I just can't fucking say it. Yeah, I can't which say are peculiar. Yeah, it's all right. Which are peculiarly, which are, <clears throat> which are particularly terrible and long drawn out. One of which called one of which is being called the boats. Two boats are joined together, one on top of the other, with holes cut in them in such a way that the victim's head, hands, and feet are left outside. Within these boats, the man to be punished is placed laying on his back, and the boats are nailed together with iron bolts. Food is given by prodding his eyes. He is forced to eat, even if against his will. Next, they pour a mixture of milk and honey into the wretched man's mouth until he is filled to the point of nausea, smearing his feet, hands, face, and arms with the same mixture. And by turning the coupled boats about, they arrange that his eyes are always facing the sun. This is repeated every day, the effect being that flies, wasps, bees are attracted by the sweetness, settle upon his face, and all such pests of him project the outside of the boats as miserably to torment and sting him. Moreover, he, as he does inside the closed boats, those things which men are bound of necessity to do after eating and drinking, so that's you gotta take a shit. Yeah. The resulting corruption and putrefaction of the liquid excrement both births the swarms of worms and different sorts which penetrate inside his clothing and eat away his flesh. Thus the victim, lying in the boats, his flesh rotting away in his own filth, is devoured by worms and dies lingering in a horrible death, for which the upper boat is removed, his body is to be seen all gnawed away, and about his innards is found a multitude of these and the like insects that grow denser every day. Oh my god, that is horrific. Oh, Fucking terrible, horrific. right? That's bad. Oh, that's bad. That's... Okay, between that or the brass bowl, which one would you go for? Brass bowl. Yeah. I'm not dying, say... shitting myself, and being eaten alive by maggots over days. Brass yeah. bowl every time. Brass bowl every time. Yeah, that's uh, that's bad. That's horrific. Ugh. Ugh. And oh, I got boy. one more, buddy. Okay. One more. One, one more. more. One more. One more. This is called Tied in a Sack with Animals. <laughs> this is from Cicero. <laughs> if any man, being a parricide, having killed his parents or beaten the same, and being condemned on that count, his head is to be wrapped in a wolf skin, wooden shoes are to be put on his feet, and he is to be led to prison. And there tarry a little, while a bag is making ready wherein he must be put, and so cast into the water. So, he's got a wolf's head on him, he's got wooden clogs on his feet, and they're custom-fitting a bag to hold him in. This is the way in which Lucius Hostius, who murdered his father, was executed, and Publius Melosius, who likewise killed his mother. At that late day, Pompey the Great, apparently coming to the conclusion that merely to be drowned was not severe enough, amended the ancient law, so the leather sack not only contained a martyr or the parricide, but also a live dog, a cock, a viper, and an ape. You are sewn into a sack while you're wearing wooden shoes, you are, your hands are bound, and you're put into this fucking sack with a dog... A rooster, a viper, and an ape. (laughs) (laughs) 
that may be I can't even. the most unpleasant way to die ever. Also, uh, you can get crushed by an elephant, but that seems pretty standard to me, so we're skipping that one. Yeah, that's almost that's almost a merciful death. It's kind of uh, passe, to, like yeah, kind of the passe, elephant steps something. in your head and squishes you. That's that's it, like yeah, that's it. You're yeah, you don't have to worry about anything oh. anymore. There it is. Our four horsemen of the apocalypse of horrible ways to die oh in the ancient God. world with me just only straying a little bit, kind of only sort of once getting into the 1100s-ish and past that. But yeah, yeah Josh, but your thoughts, then. your feelings. 100 episodes. How do you fucking feel, episodes, buddy? 100 episodes. I feel... So even though even though we did talk about some some truly disheartening things and yeah, some truly grotesque things... Uh, with between the pestilence and some of this last stuff, um, yeah, I've had I've had a good number of beers in a good number of few hours, so I'm honestly feeling great. And damn it, Mark, let me say this too. Yeah. Uh, yeah this this little this little project, this little thing that we're doing, being two wizards in our tower, going into all manner of topics, the weird and the wild, the fascinating. The fun and the dumb and the informative. I I honestly can't think of a better topic for our 100th episode than horrible ways to die in the ancient world. And I want to give you a cheers from across this country. Because not, not only are you doing incredible work with the Dangle podcast. And that has gone on to like uh, 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 achieve... A good deal of recognition, and, and rightly so, but I think you are absolutely the 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 heart and soul of the Two Wizards podcast. And every once in a while, Josh gets to have some fun and like guide an episode. But <laughs> but this is this is an honor of you, sir. So so as I'm downing this, like I, I just wish I had a better beer to drink. Than this <laughs> kind of disappointing land grant massive juicy IPA. No, you know that's what? the point of two wizards. We wish well, we had a true. better wizard's goblet, <laughs> and I always get fucked. So here we are, at the one hundredth episode. Here we are. You're getting fucked, guy. Right, right. Yeah, for for all the terrible things that you have downed, this this is an honor of you. So once more, and listeners, however you are encountering this episode, if it's on your commute, if it's as you're winding down. If it's as you're tucking your little children into bed at night, go find yourself a drink right now and and join me in toasting Mark, toasting toasting this wonderful thing uh, to 100 episodes of the Two Wizards podcast and hopefully to hundreds more. Here we go, buddy. Cheers. Cheers. Ah. <sighs> Yeah, it's just okay. So it's like you like take like a like a day old pale ale. Yeah. Um, but there's like a a a banana that's like been sitting in it also for that oh. day old. It's oh. just like yeah. It says fruity citrus bright, but it's not. It's not any of these. So land grant, which I normally like. Uh, kind of, kind of, kind of disappointed with this one, but but as you're saying, Mark, if that isn't also a hallmark of what we've done here, sometimes drinking terrible things, 
Because usually, I think usually, usually I do horrible it. things. Well, well, because when you were telling me, like, oh, okay, Josh, like, find, like, yeah, the the four horse brews of the of of apocalypse, so, so, something red, something white, something black, something yellow. My mind first went to like, okay, well, clearly, uh, a great white buffalo. Um, you were just talking about having a red snapper, so that's not. So I was gonna do like. A panoply of like horrible, of like drinks that are delicious on their own, but would be horrible mixed in my tum tum. Uh, <laughs> so I'm glad I didn't go that route, but okay, because okay, so so yeah, so like we did a little make your own six pack thing here. So I'm I'm gonna end with it. I'm I'm gonna end us out with this, and I know we're like wrapping this episode up, but I need yeah. something to help balance. So this is a Blake's hard cider. Grizzly pear, <laughs> which is pear, right. apple, and elderflower hard cider. Because I, yeah, I, I need, I, I don't want to end on, I, I don't want to end our hundredth episode on that. I, I got to find something at least somewhat palatable. Um, and I'm gonna continue drinking this well after we're listening. But, but Mark, what are your? As I'm like mixing and matching and trying my best to salvage the situation, <laughs> what are you thinking about? This our hundredth episode, and the good times and the weird times uh, that we've had. Um, number one, I can't believe that you and I have cut one hundred episodes. That's insane to me. Um, I I distinctly remember. Okay, also yes, this is I want to end on this grizzly pear. Um, okay, because because I remember in the early goings, um, that you were saying like, uh, uh, Josh. 50% of podcasts don't make it past, what was it, like episode eight? And look, look, at look, ain't no stopping us now. Um, yeah, See, man. I thought you were going to fucking start singing Nickelback and like, look at my podcast. That, well, that also. 100 episodes, I'll laugh. <laughs> we did more than eight. After Mark hit the giant snakes. And it wouldn't be an episode yes. if but we didn't start yes. singing, right? Like we're also singing, that. we're drinking horrible things, we're getting yeah weird and dumb and informative. Um, no, we get to be weird. And d- no, fuck Josh. I read mm. six. Okay, so I wrote this one initially back when Amanda was in Portugal, but uh-huh. like I finished, I finished writing it this week. I read six books for this fucking episode. Like, yeah, man. History of the Ancient World by Susan Weiss Burrow is like a thousand pages long. <laughs> I should get fucking academic credit for this yeah, episode, you should, dude. Like, no. You should I, have your master's I love where we're in at. ancient world studies. Yeah. Yeah. Or bullshit. I should have my fucking master's in bullshit. Like, um,. <laughs> I fucking tweet all the time about my newest drunk acquisition because I bought this book about this topic mm-hmm. and then I fucking cite this book and this topic for this podcast. I, I love this shit, man. I love no, this it is. shit. Yes. I love that you talked me into this. Like this was two years ago at this point. Mm-hmm. Cause yeah. like not, not quite yet. Not quite yet. I want to say it was like middle of July. Yeah. And I really think that you were pretty depressed with 2020. And I was existing in 2020. Yeah. And you're like, let's record a thing. Yeah. Let's just try and it out. And we sat down and mm-hmm. we cut four episodes. 
and none of those got published. But then, <laughs> but then the fifth one that we cut mm-hmm. was Ode to Man, and that was so our first man. one. That was our that first was like first actual two wizards. Yeah, yeah, that, that was God the first damn, one, dude. Like, well, and and we have listeners across the globe. We have listeners across, like, which that also blows my mind too. Because the last, okay, so you texted me about this, and we even both sort of agreed like oh, okay we're not gonna like make a big deal and like celebrate every little milestone that we hit with yeah. our downloads but we but yeah so so we crossed 2500 downloads yeah a couple weeks back and yeah we and i'm also going to go back to some of our earlier ones that that's not us we haven't downloaded ourselves each like a hundred or a a a thousand two hundred fifty times. That's literally people across the globe in every time zone, and we've. I've been amazed that like we were blowing up in India, we were blowing up in Germany. Just recently, we've been blowing up in Puerto Rico. Um, Hell yeah! Which is which is phenomenal. I. Puerto Rican listeners, we fucking see you. We yes, fucking we love see you. you. Hi. We see you. We love you. And, and. Como están ustedes hoy? <laughs> and it, if, if, if even just one, even if you just listen to us once and it brings you a little bit of joy, a little bit of like, oh, neat. I didn't know that. Or a little bit of like, hey, that was kind of a funny bit that they had. That, just, just that makes it absolutely worthwhile and we're glad and we're we're honored and we're privileged uh and we're grateful to have you joining us for this journey and i don't and and this is also me here here i go get get five beers in me and i get sentimental (laughs) at a boy but i am but i am sentimental clear and, and and like so so yes as i'm as i'm finishing up my my graduate studies, and we'll be looking for teaching jobs and all that. You better believe that when I'm like talking with the interview committee, and we're like, Tiger's like, oh well, well, this is what your teaching load is going to be like, and here's how much you'll direct, and blah blah blah. And I was like, all right, that sounds wonderful and all, um, but I'm going to need two to three hours each Sunday to record the Two Wizards <laughs> podcast, or I'm walking out. <laughs> And yeah, and I have this like dream yeah. that somebody will like your voice is familiar. Oh, God. oh that's weird. <laughs> it it's happened in Dangle Podcast where like people will like cite shit that Johnny and I say and like that's use so awesome. that as like a comparative point. But I want that to happen with this shit too, because like yeah, this yeah. one is like if not to say that I don't like love my children equally. But I put far more effort into two wizards than I do Dangle Podcast. Well, and it was like if we're going to follow the whole like kind of like birth order theory, like so th- there was too smart for the room, and yep. we sort of locked that redheaded stepchild in the attic. Uh. <laughs> I shot it in the head and fucking buried it out back. That's about it. 
I, also, listeners, gear up because in like four weeks you get another fucking oh you oh baby babies oh, you sweet, get sweet you get the babies. first one wait. that Josh and I ever you get the first, first podcast Josh and I ever cut together with our good buddy Shane. One. Yes, the who very first may one. or may not be joining under the high hammock mantle. Uh, I haven't decided yet. It might may or happen. May not? I don't. I'm and praying it, on it. I'm praying on it. I gotta like consult my fucking Pythia for that one. But yeah. And if that's something that you want to see, because this is a figure that we've alluded to a couple times, you've heard him when we opened that weird portal over, uh, uh, yeah, like January. If this is something, if if you want more voices added to uh, High Hammock Studios, let us know. If you want more Two Wizards podcast, if you want more Dangle podcast, if you want whatever this third offering could be with with uh, Shane, tell us. We we want to know. We'd love to provide more for you. What what have been would have been your favorite? memories or instances what was the first episode that you listened to what's your favorite episode just anything anything to help us celebrate this centennial two wizards podcast we would love to hear and you better believe baby if you add us we will quote tweet that we'll retweet it we'll give you all the love on socials and there's just a very simple simple ways for you to do that you can send an email to two wizards podcast at gmail.com. We're on Instagram, Two Wizards Podcast. We are on Twitter at Two Wizards Pod C1. So yes, by the time you listen to this, I will probably be checking my luggage and doing this and doing this red eye flight. But if I you, think you'll be in the fucking motherland by I, the I think, time this one drops, Josh. I think that is that is very well the case. And if you wanted Check in with my adventures along the way. You can find me on Twitter at Plaid Barbarian. I'm going to be quote tweeting the shit. I'm going to be meeting with like 20 some people to, to like do this intensive study abroad about Greek theater. And you better goddamn believe that all 20 of them before I leave, they're going to be subscribed to the Two Wizards podcast <laughs> before we right, go. Baby. And, um, and, and, and so, Mark, what is, you, you mentioned some of the sibling. Uh, yes, yeah, so, some of our siblings under House High Hammock. Uh, what are some other things that are happening? Um, if you didn't get enough of me rattling off about death and pestilence and plague and famine, plague and famine, fucking talk like a human, Mark. <laughs> Fuck you. Um, I don't know where that shit comes from. I don't know um, either, but whatever. I love it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's no, you know what? I go through this shit all the time. Um, mm-hmm. My mom lived in England for a couple of years, and she kind of, like, oh. fucked me up as a kid. Yep. So, like, you know Basil? Mm-hmm. I fucking call Basil Basil. Basil. Every <laughs> fucking time. And I'm like, guys, you didn't put out the Basil last night. <laughs> what? The Basil. You didn't put out the Basil. <laughs> um... Anyway, I'm not sure what I'm bitching about. Anyway, if you didn't get enough of me tonight bitching, you can hear me bitching some more on the Dangle Podcast, our sister podcast. It's a weekly King of the Hill podcast where me and my good buddy Johnny take two episodes of King of the Hill and we talk about the goods and bads and highs and lows and like, come listen to that journey at the Dangle Podcast. And that's where I'm at. Yeah. Anyway. No, no. So, so... 
again, this this like floors me. This blows my mind that I have done a podcast for hundred. Which okay, here's here's other like real quick thing because I know we're trying to like tie a bow on this. I no. just. This is the longest episode. Yeah, we can this be one indulgent. Doesn't hit we can three be indulgent. Hours, I fucking failed. I fucking failed if this doesn't hit three hours. <laughs> Me as a wizard, I'm not a wizard. Like, I can't be the white wizard. I gotta, like, rank back down in, like, fucking blue. Like, yeah. <laughs> no, so I distinctly remember being uh, in high school English class. Um, in, in, yeah, being, being in AP literature. Like, spring... 2005 and barb's here like so yeah students there's there's this thing called like a podcast and maybe we'll read lord of the flies and i'll have instead of writing a paper maybe i'll have you like record a podcast to talk about this book and i'm like what the fuck like wait like so it's like you record and people listen to it like radio what the fuck and if I could time warp 17 years into the past and grab that um, 18-year-old Josh by the collar and be like, look, bud, do, do, do this podcast thing. Like, get, like, gain these skills because in the, in the distant future of the year 2022, you will have recorded your 100th episode of a podcast and it's going to be amazing you're going to you're you're going to talk about cool shit you're going to learn about cool shit you're going to meet cool people who listen to you talk about stuff do do, do it stay stay here forever cherish it you got to cherish it <laughs> and then my like you say that they'll hear you <laughs> You stay here as long as you can. <laughs> and if only, if only I would have known at that time. But then again, had I gone down that route? Dude, you and I have got a fucking hundred episodes of a podcast. A hundred like, goddamn episodes. And I Jesus can say that Christ. like 80% of them are great. Like Yes, right. A solid, like the Pareto distribution. You know, like 80% of these are out of the ballpark. 20%... Is when I had strep throat. <laughs> yeah, or, and we fucking redid fucking Teddy Roosevelt. Yeah, <laughs> right. And so, yeah, man, and like truly, and 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 like, I've I've talked with Mari, and and I will I will say this on record now, because I've like texted and talked with Mark like privately, like. Yeah, so I've I've been thinking about like kind of expanding like once I graduate and do all that stuff. I've I've been thinking about expanding and like maybe I'll do just like a standalone like Greek theater podcast or or like Greek history or Greek culture podcast. And and Mark's been like chocolate giddy up. Any any other like new brands to add under the uh High Hammock Studios banner? Um, so, so yeah, like I, I, I think you are welcome beneath our flag, Josh. Right. I, I am fucking Genghis Khan. <laughs> as long as you willingly submit. Exactly. Right. You can fucking be part of us. It's yeah, all like, good. I'm like throwing my hay fork off to the side and like walking out with arms raised above my head. Like, look, uh, totally want to like do the things that you guys are doing. And, and, and I'm, I'm even slowly 
tentatively talking with my Mrs. Wizard and be like, hey, you yourself, you're a bit of like a like an IT computer um, data security wizard yourself. You're a bit of a technomancer. If ever you wanted to like release a tech podcast under under this umbrella, you you know that like that's an option for you. And she's been kind of like, well, I mean, maybe our tower is vast. Our tower is vast. You 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 cannot comprehend the levels that comprise this tower. So. If if two wizards is maybe the Man, sort of flagship. fucking regular bros. Josh, regular I don't mind plugging bros. it now. Regular, regular bros. bros is happening in September. Bros, bros, it's going to be a thing bros, that happens. Bros, 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 bros. Yeah. Like, it's it's going to happen. It's going to happen. It's fucking happening. <laughs> the crossover between, like, Dangle Podcast and two wizards, like, for the real, for real. Like, it's going to be a thing. Guys, we're only getting bigger. Like, we're only getting mm. bigger. Oh, let me get bigger. So yes, so not only was this a huge milestone, this is our 100th episode, um, but we also will be coming up on our two-year anniversary, and I think Mark and I kind of have an idea or two to commemorate that occasion, maybe with another crossover of sorts, maybe, maybe not, uh, mm, but... Maybe. This this summer, summer of 2022, let the good times roll, and I'm I'm always grateful. I'm always excited to see we're getting downloads, to see you listening to us, and holler at your boys. You know, give us a little like email, give us a tweet. We'll shout you back out. We'll promote your stuff, and here's to again, like I was saying. Many hundreds more. Fuck yeah. Many. Many hundreds more. Man. Oh. <laughs> Fucking two wizards Todd Dana, Josh. That's where two, I'm at. two wizards Todd Dana. I, I can think of a better place to end it than that. So my name is Josh, and I'm a wizard. And my name is Mark, and I am a wizard. Thank you for listening. We love you all. Two wizards Todd Dana. Two, Two wizards today. <laughs> Take care, everybody. Good night, guys. He rolled upon his back, and after that, I killed them all.